Welcome to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for this podcast is brought to you by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This episode is brought to you by Carbonite Online Backup. Automatic and secure backup for your home and small business computer files starting at $59 a year. Try it free at Carbonite.com. Use the offer code TWIP and get two bonus months with purchase. This episode of TWIP is brought to you by MediaBytes.com, the marketing school for photographers. Use the code TWIP and get over 24 hours of full-length interviews featuring your favorite photographers for just $27. That's a full $10 off for a limited time. Just go to MediaBytes.com slash TWIP and use the offer code TWIP. This week on TWIP, Facebook acquires Instagram for $1 billion, 500 Picks introduces a new $20 membership, and an interview with Pixoto co-founder Jason Kiefer. It's Wednesday, April 11th, 2012, and this is TWIP. Welcome back to TWIP. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Joining me today on TWIP episode number 250 are Mr. Joseph Lenaski, Mr. Dan Ablin, and Miss Sarah France. Hey, guys. Thanks for coming on. Hey, Frederick. Howdy, howdy. Hello. All right. This is, this is special. This is not only is this not only we are a quarter of a century old, uh, but we are also doing this via Google Hangout on air. So if you guys are tuned in and watching us via my Google Plus page, you can see us actually record the show. And what I was saying, I, you know, I wrote a post about this and what I was, my goal for doing this via Google Plus is not to create a television show or create another twit photo or anything like that. But right now, because 99.9% of our audience is audio via the podcast, the, the reason for doing it via Google Hangout is to A, make it easier for me to see the, the co-hosts, uh, and B, let the, the listeners look behind the scenes and, and see how we actually make the sausage or record the show. So that's what... <laughs> the sausage! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said kind of make show. the sausage, not hide it. Make the sausage. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Think of the terms make the donuts. Wow! Well, yeah. So we three minutes in, and we've already three hit. minutes in. Look at that! Wow. It's gonna be a good show. This is. A, I should have clicked that eighteen plus button. <laughs> so it's gonna be fun. I mean, it's just like you know. Normally, it's just you know you can hear us, but now you can actually see us act and make a fool of ourselves live. So it's gonna be very fun. And there's a lot of cool stuff to talk about today. I mean, number one is we're gonna be talking about Facebook and their acquisition of Instagram. Um, we're going to talk about 500 picks. They introduced a new membership model. So they're, they're cranking up the monetization of their site. They're going to be charging $20, $20 for a membership, which looks like it's taken aim at Flickr. Who knows? And assorted other things that we're going to be chatting about. Plus, there's an interview in this show. As we are talking about before I clicked the record button, um, a new site that's out there called Pixoto, who Sarah and I are familiar with because we know the one of the co-founders, Jason Kiefer. So I had a chance to interview Jason about Pixoto and why he created it and all sorts of things like that. So that's what this show is about. 
and it will be exciting. But before we jump into all that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Carbonite. Their automatic and secure backup for your home and small business computer files, and they start at just fifty nine bucks a year. You can try it free at carbonite.com. Use the offer code TWIP to get two bonus months with purchase. And you know we've been saying, and I harp over and over again about storage and the importance of storage. You know, not only is it important to have a local backup, like I have, I have multiple backups here at my house. So if something happens to one drive then I can fall back on the other drive and I don't lose any down I don't have any downtime but what if something happens to both so the idea with online backup like carbonite is if something happens to both you always have your data in the cloud that you can you know refer to so it's offsite it's online your files are automatically and continually backed up so it just backs up in the background they they can be restored later if you have a some sort of outage or whatever you can restore them from that backup and you can access the files uh, privately. So say something happened, or say you need a file that, that's buried in your backup, you need to access it from your smartphone, your iPad, or whatever. They have apps that allow you to dig into your, your archive and pull that stuff up. So start your free trial today at Carbonite.com. Remember, use the offer code TWIP, and you'll get two bonus months if you decide to buy. That's use the offer code TWIP. Okay, the first story that we're going to dive into is Facebook uh, acquired Instagram. And guys, I want to, I just want to like do my little victory dance a little bit because last week, last week in TWIP episode two four nine, I kind of said that uh, you know if I was a large company looking around for something to buy, Instagram looked like a tasty morsel to purchase. Mm. And lo and behold, a week later, or actually five days later, they Facebook snapped them up. So, what do you? I want to first of all, I want to I want to put it to you guys, Sarah. I want to throw it to you first. So you know what Instagram is. I know you probably don't use it as much as a lot of people that are just doing consumer photography, but but you know what the service is. What do you? First of all, what do you think of Instagram as a you know just a way to share photos? Um, I actually love Instagram as a way to share photos. Uh, I did a little testing recently on what made the most sense on taking a photo and then sharing it across um, kind of all the social media networks. And Instagram was the was the winner from really what we were looking for. So it allows for a lot of interaction and it makes the most sense. It works the best with Facebook and with the other social media apps. So it it really has been a fantastic app for photographers and just fun for photographers to be able to share the yeah. images and stuff as well. I mean, there, so the other piece of the controversy behind this acquisition was they think people are saying that Facebook, this gigantic monolithic corporation now, which is still brand new, but they have seven seven billion users and they acquired this kind of boutique upstart, which means in all likelihood, they'll crush them and they'll go away and, and Insta- Instagram will lose the, the allure. Do you think that's, that's, that's likely to happen, Sarah? Um, you know, that happens a lot with, with big companies acquiring smaller companies. Mm. And um, I think it's possible. It definitely, it definitely could happen. But also what could happen is you get a lot of great feature sets that Facebook's able to add in and the integration becomes even better. So with the possibility of negatives, you get the positives too. So you can definitely go both ways with that. It depends on how well they handle kind of the integration and 
um, and the company because they're they're acquiring it and and now taking it in any direction that they want. Yeah. What about you, Joseph? Yeah. Joseph, you, are you going to remain an Instagram user? I know you're. I see your stuff flying by all the time. Are you going to continue using them? Absolutely. I am a big Instagram user. I I absolutely love it. Um, and I will continue to use it. I'm not going to jump ship just because of because uh, I went to Facebook. I'm not a you know, I'm not a Facebook hater. I don't use Facebook that much. I obviously have an account and uh, reasonably active on there, but I don't spend a whole lot of time on there. Um, you know, obviously the the concerns of it getting ruined because it's been acquired by a big company are valid. You know, that's that kind of thing does absolutely happen. But you know, all we can do is keep our fingers crossed and hope that it stays relatively pure. I think the the beauty of Instagram is its simplicity, is its purity. It does one thing, and it does it really, really well. Um, you know, we'll see if that stays that way. Uh, uh, you know, Zuckerberg said on his post that, that the intention was to leave it pretty much alone, work on some integration, but to essentially leave it as it is. So we'll see if that's actually what happens. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Are you uh, are you in the are you in the Instagram world? You know, I was when it first came out, and then you know, I do this thing when it, when things get like so popular. Um, I tend to find like the next thing that's not as much, um, but I, I mean, I really like it and, and I agree with Joseph on, on all those counts too. I think you got to wait and see, um, they might leave it alone. They might not. Um, but I think the underlying thing is that it will, uh, it, any way you cut it, it's going to bring more activity to Facebook one way or another, whether they integrate it or not. And the more users on Facebook, the more they can charge for advertising and click throughs and you know, it's, it's about the dollars. So. Um, hopefully the Instagram guys won't be phased out. Yeah. Let's wait and see. Let me, let me read to you a post that a Facebook post that a friend of mine, Tom Bramwell wrote on his Facebook wall after this announcement, he said, farewell, Instagram, your butchery of photographs has found a new home with a company who likes to butcher privacy. It's a match made in hell. This probably won't put a stop to photos that look like they were shot with a Kodak Flip Flash 110 camera, though. Now, <laughs> Tom, Tom you know, is, he's not Tom's one to hold back. Cynical. He's not one to hold back. He's a very well, passionate could, guy. It's so bent out of shape. It's software on your cell phone. Yeah. And yeah. Where, I, where I would respond to that, and I didn't write this on his, his post, but I did tell him I was going to call him out on it on the show. But <laughs> I, you know, my, where I come down on this is it's free. I mean, this is free software that... You know, a bunch of cool people decided, hey, I want to make something cool. And I'm sure in the back of their mind when they were building Instagram, it was probably the idea that, hey, maybe if we're lucky, Google or Facebook or Apple or somebody will acquire us. And because of that, we can do this for free right now. We're going to just put our heart and soul into it. And then once they do that, then they get vilified. I don't know. Joseph, what about, I mean, respond to Tom's post. I mean, is it a match made in hell? No. I think that's a bit a bit extreme, and I mean, first of all, for him to say the butchery of the pictures, I mean, that's come on. I, a lot of people, obviously, thirty million people, love the way that Instagram treats the photos. Yeah, uh, and you know, I've the the treatments haven't changed that much over the years uh, or year, whatever long it's been out, haven't changed that much. But at some point, a lot of us started treating our photos in other software, and then just bringing those into Instagram and using Instagram as a sharing engine. Yeah, that's what I do. And, you know, it just depends on, on who you are and how you use it. For me, you know, I consider myself an Instagram purist. I like to only post photos that I've taken with my iPhone. Uh, I don't shoot on my DSLR and then bring them over and post those for Instagram. But I used to only treat my photos in Instagram, but now I'll treat them in any other number of apps. iPhone photos, but I'll treat them in any other, other number of apps and then push them through. And I love Instagram because it's 
simple, right? Take a picture, one filter, and you publish and you're done if that's all you want to do, but also because it cross-shares to so many other services. And that actually is something else that Zuck had said in, in his post about it, that they weren't going to take all that away. The fact that it cross-posts to Twitter and a Tumblr and whatever else it is, um, Foursquare, all those things, he says he's leaving all that in. So again, time will tell. Um, but, you know, it's great. And if you don't like it, don't use it. It's pretty simple. It's like complaining about a particular network on TV. If you don't like it, don't watch it. God, quit your complaining. I so, know. Tom, I love you, buddy, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> and you know Tom as well. So, Sarah, I do. Uh, so the, the, other, the other thing that we were, we were talking about is the Android. So last week... Um, I want to get this. So this is last week's news. So we talked about a little bit. The last week's Instagram news was they added Android to the mix. So they announced that, hey, we are now adding Android users to the iPhone or iOS users that are enjoying Instagram. And all the iOS users, or not all of them, there was a, there was some uproar on the internet about, uh, hey, don't let those guys into our party. They're going to muddy the waters with their stinky Android phones. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, and I laughed at it last week. It's like, seriously? I mean, come on. You know, you, really, there's nothing else in the world to complain about than somebody whose electronics were made from a different manufacturer on a free service that you enjoy. <laughs> so what do you think, Sarah? I mean, is it, what do you think of this whole thing? I mean, this for me, I'm guiding the witness, but for me, this just seems really ridiculous. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, first of all, uh, the more the merrier when it comes to something like that with with especially with Instagram, like Instagram, I think it depends somewhat on like who you're following, because the people that I'm following on Instagram are mostly photographers. So they're doing some pretty incredible things with Instagram. <laughs> and the enjoyment that I get from it is way better than even like Twitter, anything like that, because it's, it's visual. So I'm a photographer. I love to see the stream of images and that's really how photographers communicate. So, um, it more than they can write a Twitter, they can take a, sh a picture and express themselves a lot easier. So I think that's why it's so popular in the photography community, especially, um, probably not even as popular in like, any other walks of life. I, I mean, I know there's a ton of users, so I know they're out there using it, but I think we probably get the most enjoyment out of the app. Yeah. And um, the more the merrier. More images, m more people using it. I think it's great. And probably the more integrated with Facebook, the better as well. And I would just love to see it continue to kind of grow and expand. And hopefully Facebook can really can can do that for it. Um, but I agree with Joseph in that, like, it does this really great thing and it doesn't need to do that much more. So, um, uh, don't lose the simplicity of it. And hopefully, you know, I'm sure Mark Zuckerberg is listening to our, you know, <laughs> our podcast right now. Hey, don't I just laugh. Saw him sign in. Don't laugh. He's watching the stream right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he's watching the stream right now and he knows what we're saying and he's going to communicate to the teams. I'm, I'm sure. Well, hey, Dan, the the other piece of this is that a lot of people are just worried that Facebook, like I was saying before, is going to kill this thing like they did with FriendFeed. Right. You know, there was a service called FriendFeed that was very popular a while ago, and people were saying, oh, this is awesome, it's beautiful, and then Facebook smelled blood in the water and bought them, and promptly no one has heard of FriendFeed since. They're gone. So do you think this this might happen, or does, does Instagram have the momentum to stop that from happening? There could be a little bit of that, but I, honestly, FriendFeed kind of sucked, so I mean... <laughs> 
fine. <laughs> that was probably a good thing. Um, but I, Instagram, I, I mean, the, I think you guys said it might have been with, with Derek last year. You guys were talking. You were like, Instagram makes even bad photos look good. Yeah. You know, and that's what's cool about it. And I think every all the points here are valid. You know, it is very popular. I think it's just going to sit for a little while. I don't think they'll kill it unless the next great thing comes along. But $1 billion, I mean, that, it's just yeah. why they would spend that on that, it's anyone's guess. I mean, I know all the, the uh, analysts have their reasons, and it's about stocks and this and that. And um, as a user, you could say it's about, you know, killing the competition or it's cutting into something they might be working on secretly. Um, either way, Facebook's free. You know, this is free. Just use it, enjoy it, and uh, move on to the next thing uh, in a few months. Yeah, yeah. That's so. That's the other thing, right? So, does all this negative press that I've been seeing on this acquisition does this open the door for an, an Instagram alternative or a non Facebook Instagram alternative? For Absolutely. Some startup to come in there and say, "Hey, yeah. we are we are independent and we're scrappy and we're not part of a seven billion user company." Use us, you know. Well, open arms to the face to the Instagram Listen, refugees. App, Apple began because it was not Microsoft, and now they are that kind of big entity, you know. And now they're bringing these little ones. They're doing. It's just the way the way it goes, you know. Yeah. Eventually, everybody ends up with the. Uh, you know, I, that's a whole fun. different conversation. I don't know that I would agree that Apple began because it was not Microsoft, <laughs> but it's, no, no, no. But, it's but something there was, completely there was different. A group of people that were just like the I don't want to say anti-establishment, but yeah. the original Mac followers were the you know it was that cult, the crazy one. It's not oh, there now, but Dan was so. You should give your email address so you <laughs> calling Mac users cultists. <laughs> hey, I'm on a I'm on a Mac, you know. Oh, I, got go. a, I got a Mongo AMD uh, HP over there too. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just giving you crap about it. Um, okay, well, let's move on from this. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on this story. Obviously, there's a lot going on, and you know, we'll, we'll check back in say two months, and we'll see if, has, has Instagram innovated at all, or are they kind of fading to black? Hopefully, nobody's not. ever lined up for a brand new Dell. There you go. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> hey, I owned a Dell back in the day. I, just, just I had a lot of Dells. All right. Uh, to the listeners, as a reminder, if you have suggestions or things that you'd like us to cover, discuss, rant about, or otherwise just you know give our opinions on, just contact us on our site at thisweekinphoto.com. There's a nifty contact us page. That's a direct pipeline into the show. So just click that and type your message to us. Also, if you want to interact with us via the social networks, um, there are social media buttons to every social network that we're on on every page of thisweekinphoto.com. So please check that out. All right. Next story up is 500 picks. Uh, have you all heard of 500 picks? I assume you have pages on the service. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So 500 picks. Yeah, like beautiful service. Photos. It's You have two photos. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about 500 picks, right? I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it, it's not like some other services where you feel like dumping everything you have up there. Exactly right. And it's not like, you know, some services you feel like, okay, it's like a sperm whale sifting through plankton. Just put all your stuff in there and it'll pick out the good stuff. 500 picks forces you, or at least through the community, it makes you feel like, okay, I'm only going to put my best. I'm going to put on my nice clothes for this party because people are dressed nicely there. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You go to the front page and you see the quality of photos on the front page, and you're immediately going to think, okay, maybe I shouldn't post half right. the photos I was about to. Totally. There's some yeah. Really good stuff up here. Yeah. When I interviewed when I interviewed the founder, one of the founders, I told him that it had the reverse effect on me. It had the effect of 
I'm not going to post anything here because I don't feel like I'm <laughs> worthy. I'm just going to watch for a while. I mean, you know, and then if I find that I have something that might be worthy, then I'll post it. But, you know, whether, whereas when I got my Flickr account, I was like, I'm going to dump everything in my CF card up there and hopefully someone will see something they like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that, not, not to jump too far ahead, but that is exactly the difference that yeah. I see, you know, between Flickr and this. Um, I don't want to say amateur and pro because I've I've been on both, but it's exactly what you guys have said. Yeah, you go on there, you see the quality of that stuff. It's like I better put my very best stuff up here. Yep. Before uh, you know, Flickr, it's like oh yeah, go to my Flickr account, check out the slideshow from my vacation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wouldn't do that on 500 picks. Yeah, yeah, it's a different kind of service. So Sarah, you're you're using 500 picks, and the 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 crux of this story is they just announced their twenty dollar plus membership, which looks like it's dura- aimed directly at Flickr because Flickr has a paid membership as well. Um, but they they offer some cool things in there like um, unlimited storage. Um, they've got analytics so you can view the statistics, who's looking at your pictures, all that good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. They a few weeks ago or about a month or so ago they announced a store where you could you you could actually sell your prints of your images. So it looks like they're they're not going after, like Dan was saying, they're not going after the folks that are putting up pictures of babies' first steps or, hey, look at me hang gliding in the Bermuda or something like that. They're, they're looking for photographers that are doing work of your caliber, like Sarah's caliber. So is that, is that what you feel when you go to 500 Picks? Um, yeah, I, I think the design of it is really, really nice. I mean, um, you know, honestly just to kind of give you a little background, like I, the first site that I came to like this is the one of Jason Keepers because they had sent it to me and, um, called Pixoto and it has a very similar kind of feel. So I actually used Pixoto and, uh, and posted some images and stuff and got a feel for that. And mm-hmm. it wasn't until, um, I was on a show where we had talked about 500 picks that I really started to check that out a little bit more as well. Yeah. So I, I think there's um, just visually it's beautiful and there's a lot going a lot going on with it. But I'm not a fine art photographer. Like I I get paid to take pictures specifically for people. So I'm not um, necessarily looking to take my images and have them. Um, sold for me or um, really trying to get visibility this way. However, I was out um, speaking at the Palm Springs Photo Festival this last week. Hey, I was there. (laughs) Yeah, well, (laughs) we were there on different days. Yes. I know. You were there the first half. We took shifts. Yes, yes. Um, And that group of people seems so this seems right up their alley exactly what they're looking for mm-hmm. it's like it seems perfect for like a fine art photographer commercial photographer um and very much aimed towards that kind of photography not to say that an amazing wedding photo wouldn't look great on this site and wouldn't be noticed but that's just kind of the feeling that i'm getting is it's geared more towards um, fine art and landscape photographers than it is towards other kinds of photographers. Yeah. I don't know if that's a feeling you guys are getting. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of feel the same thing. Joseph, what about you? What, what are you throwing out there? It looks to me, I, I have a membership account on there, a free account, and um, only have a few photos up there. And I'm looking at the price differences now between the plus one they just introduced and the awesome now, they call it, this $50 a year. And the only difference is that you get a personalized portfolio with the, the highest end version. Mm-hmm. You still get unlimited uploads and the personal store and everything else. So 
it really is uh, that price difference, which is obviously not that much for the world of photography. It really is geared at the true professional photographer, the person who needs that portfolio. And so looking at that and listening to what Sarah's saying about it, my, my impression, my kind of new impression of 500px is that it's like Flickr for uh, – sorry, it's a, it's a portfolio with the social aspect of Flickr attached to it. Yeah. Right. If you go to Flickr, obviously, as we know, you could upload a thousand pictures and it's just a big pat on the back website. Right. Everybody goes up there and says, hey, it's a great photo. It could be, you know, my lens cap was on. And you know that 20 people are going to say that's a really interesting study of the color black. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, 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 you're totally right on. It's totally true. Yeah. yeah. 500 PX, obviously, that's not going to happen. But the problem, if I just put a portfolio on my own website is there's no discovery. Right. Unless I'm really good on Twitter, I happen to drive traffic really, really well to it. No one's going to stumble upon my website. Uh, to find my portfolio. But here, from what I'm looking at, you know, I, I think I'm going to sign up for the paid membership as soon as we're done with the show here, because what I'm looking at, it looks like I can create a really, really nice professional grade portfolio, but also get the social aspect to it. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that's it, it seems like, it seems like 500 picks is slotting themselves somewhere between where Flickr is and where Smug Mug is, right? So Smug Mug, it's a paid membership. You can build a gallery, but it doesn't have a whole lot of social aspect to it. Right. Right. They don't have a lot of social. I think that they'd like to have the social, but Smug Mug has their place for me as a, uh, you know, as a photographer shooting for other people. I send clients there. I'll upload client galleries to Smug Mug and I can password protect them if that's necessary. And I can set very specific prints. Um, you know, the client wants to buy eight by tens or wants to buy posters or whatever. And I can put all those in there. Customize the pricing. I don't know if you can customize pricing in 500px. I haven't looked at that yet. I'm not sure. But either. I can build a complete unique experience for my customer with smug mug uh, so i don't see that going away but i see this as a like i said as a portfolio site with a social aspect to it and if i could sell some prints on it as well bonus yeah what about you dan is this something that you could find yourself because you're brick and mortar right you've got a brick and mortar yeah. you know portrait studio going on there why why would you want to use a service like this well, you know, I, I agree with everything Joseph said, but, um, you know, I know a lot of people on Flickr that got commercial work from Flickr because there are agencies, there's producers out there searching. And um, I think now there's a lot of buzz about 500 picks and, you know, there's good work on both. But as soon as you come to the site, you just see amazing photos right away. Um, and I think it, it is going to add a lot more visibility to you rather than just your one website. And I'm looking here at the awesome membership and it's pretty much everything. The $50 membership here is the same as a plus, except that uh, it has custom domains and Google analytics and says, and more, I don't know what the more is, but, yeah. uh, but the Google analytics is good because you can, I don't you know, piggyback this on your own site. Um, it could help legitimize an independent photographer. I don't feel that it's necessarily just landscapes. Of course, I'm putting up like, you know, my city stuff. I'm not putting up studio portraits for clients. That's sure. true. Um, but uh, I like it a lot. And actually, I'm going to start. I'm going to start putting more up there. And it's been the talk lately. I mean, uh, the Kelby Group was talking about it on the Grid this week or last week, and mm -hmm. um, a lot of buzz about it. So, so what about this? So to throw a, a devil's advocate, advocate. Um, you know, wrench in the monkey works here. The idea of putting all of your images or getting at least your user base used to seeing your images on a online service that is under someone else's control. Is that a good idea? I'm going to throw this to you first, Joseph. Is that a good idea? In other words, why not 
you know, build something on your own server and put your images there that you are in 100% control of. And then if 500 picks or smug mug or Flickr or whatever decide, you know what, we're shutting down or we're going to lay off 2000 people like Flickr did or Yahoo did last week. And you're like, Oh, what am I going to do? You're safe. Right. So is there any merit to that or is it, or do the social aspects outweigh that? Well, I, I think the social aspects absolutely outweigh it, but I don't think there's really much merit to it because, you know, unless you are literally hooking up a computer in your bedroom as a server, you're not in control, right? Whether, right. regardless of what service you're using, you're not in control. Right. Uh, but I mean, in terms on- of service, though, I mean, you could, you could, if you, like, if you install your own video serving software, you're not subject to YouTube's terms of service, right? Sure. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But you're also never going to be able to handle the traffic. I, Correct. You no, know, I guess Correct. everything's a trade-off. Yeah. But yeah. as far as it, the branding, um, you know, you can go on there and do the do your own custom URL on there. So with the the top account, with the awesome account. So like Dan was saying, you know, you can have that. You can go to photojoseph.com and see a 500px site if that's what I wanted to have happen. Uh, it's not a bad idea. It really isn't, and I'm you know I, I looking at this. I change my website monthly. You know, every every month or two, I change my website just to keep it fresh. Yeah, and because you were you were hacked at one point too, weren't you, Dan? I remember when we yeah, first started I, chatting. Someone someone had compromised your site, and you had to. Uh, fortunately, not the photography site. Our uh, our three D site and my danablin dot com, which I eventually now port over. But yeah, just it was it was a web thing, you know. Yeah. Some Russian. Yeah, so we had to go through Google and get it a code put up there to get them. You know, it was just it was, yeah. So we don't host it in house, though. Yeah. So that's a good point, Joseph, because you could go through a service like Hover or someone like that, and just and then control the the entry point. That way, later, if you decide, hey, portfolio dot is going to point over here now to this brand new cool looking sure. service, you have control over that, right? Right. But exactly. Then, but the negative is, don't you? I mean, not that this is not a SEO show, but don't you? You'll lose SEO juice if you do that, or Google search juice if you do that. Um. I guess. Not if you have that awesome upgrade. It looks like it looks like they're putting that in there with analytics. Well, I think he's saying if you if you switch, you're going to lose your page ranking from before. Not right. for um, long, right? Not for long. Because but, because but, all you know, of your you the hierarchy a... would have would have changed of all the the late the you know what pages or what like Dan you, you say you shot this picture of this you know this this beautiful artistic picture you put it online on this one site and Google indexed it and traffic started going to that because it's in the search engines and you switch over mm-hmm. to site B, it's no longer there, which is me, which means Google's engine is going to say, Oh, broken link, uh, page rank down a notch, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think that if you're, if you're getting that much traffic that you have to worry about it, then why would you be moving in the first place? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've set up sites and changed sites and within days, if, if that SEO is right, it's, it's back up, you know, it's, it's in the search engines again so it's not like it was a couple of years ago where things took a long time to propagate things are happening almost almost the same day i've noticed where we can we can put a couple of search things in and i'll i'll test it from like a different computer and a different ip um you know hours later and i can find it it suddenly pops up in the front page of google so yeah Yeah. i think it depends too on where your audience is and who you're who you're looking at or who's looking for you so like sites like this i feel like it could be a really great way even for honestly for someone like me who's who's a wedding photographer but wants to do some more commercial work and has some stuff that they'd love for you know for other agencies and stuff to maybe see 
but would have no idea like where to start. Like a place like this, it seems like I may not want to build a whole new website that's just for commercial, yeah. but I might want to be able to just show my commercial stuff to somebody and have a place to have a place to at least put it, have a little portfolio, and then some people might just even stumble upon me. But if I just post it on the web, make it my website, then I have to do all the work to yeah. find the people, to get them there, yeah. to figure out how to do that. And you can still do that. Um, like I noticed, Dan, you have like an about me page and I've been thinking about that too, just because yeah. it's like directs people to one yeah. place mm -hmm. to find all the different places that they can find what they're looking for with you. And that's what a personal website is as well, obviously, mm -hmm. which is why I have that. But I feel like, um, there's a lot of different ways that they could, people could be using 500 picks or services like it, um, to ha help people find them as opposed to if you're worrying about SEO specifically, it's a lot harder when you're trying to, um, trying to really do SEO for that one person who's not necessarily going to be looking just through Google to find the next big photographer. Like they're going to be looking to sites like this to give them more of a selection. So it's yeah. about where, where the people that you are trying to reach are looking and, and being in that right space at that right time. And, and it changes all the time because we all have ADD. So, yeah, totally. Well, that's the <laughs> Sorry, thing. That's, that's the I other thing that, I, that I, I struggle with um, that I wanted to bring, to bring up to this crew is... ADD? I'm sorry, I forgot what I was talking about. No. There's medication for that, I think. No, no, there's all these services. Like I, I've talked to the, right. the DeviantArt folks, and they have a great service, and now we've got 500 picks, and we've got you know Google+, Plus. you can put your images up there. There's Flickr, of course, and, it just, and then a bunch of ones I'm not even mentioning. How does a photographer pick? Like what, how do you say, or, or do you pick, do you figure out a way to, okay, every Monday night I'm going to go upload the week's images to these 12 sites or, <laughs> or do you pick a couple of horses and ride them? I don't know. Joseph, what do you do? You, you pick a couple. It is a pain in the keister. It really is. Um, you know, I'll, my biggest uh, exposure is going to be on my own blog. So I'll put stuff there, but then I will simultaneously upload to Flickr and to Facebook and to SmugMug and to Google plus. And it's like, it's a nightmare. It sucks, but that's just, that's the way it is. You know, if you want the exposure, you got to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 We have the same issue. I mean, honestly, even for our clients, it's like where clients want to see their images is in like 50 different places. You know, I'm like, okay, so we posted your images on Facebook and we put them on our blog and we made a slideshow for you and it's over here and they're on Pictosh. You can order prints. And like, right. it's just, it's ridiculous. Like literally recently we've just been trying to figure out how to manage all of it for our clients and, and for ourselves. But, um, if someone would create a software that would allow us to manage and like continue to update like all the sites that we want to update, you know, it's funny. It's funny you say that because really there's, there's services that do that for the it's, you know it's called syndication. There's services that do that for video. Like there's one called Tube Mogul right. that just changed their name to something else, but they were called Tube Mogul. You upload a video and then it would you put the metadata and the title and the description and the keywords and all that stuff in it in one place. And then it would send it to Vimeo, Blip, YouTube, on yeah. and on, like hundreds of sites. So your video is automatically on all these places. Now, the trade-off was um, I think they would only encode once. So if that service didn't, you know, could take a higher resolution, they wouldn't get it. So you would only have like the lowest common denominator. But you would at least have your video in all these different places. How come, 
How come we don't have a, a photo syndication place where you upload your best work to one spot and it puts it on Flickr, puts it on you, you know, everywhere. Yeah. It's a good yeah. it's a good idea and there should be one out there. Um you know, I used to when I was doing the podcast still on Aperture Expert, I was uh, broadcasting through Blip, which is exactly a syndicator like that. Yeah. But going back to what you said earlier about you're under somebody else's control, I violated their terms of service and they cut me off and they erased all my content and wouldn't let me back in. Get out of here. Because I Really? Oh, no. I'm serious because I included advertising. I was basically I was promoting um, my own content. I was promoting my website and promoting my own videos in my videos, which are for sale, and they cut me off for that. Yeah. See? Exactly was, oh. exactly my point of owning your own thing. So I use on my site, you know, for this I, I launched this this site called mediabytes.com and on the back end there's a there's server software called Easy Video Player that allows me to do things that I can't do on YouTube. Even though I have a YouTube account that lets me do, you know, long videos and all that stuff, I can't put any like I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable putting any advertising or anything like that on there, or anything that's commercial. But I can do whatever the heck I want on my own site, and if I get in trouble, then I get in trouble. But the onus is on me; it's not be held into their terms of service. So that's what I was talking about, Joseph. Like you put all your time and effort into building all this stuff up on Blip, and then you know some kid over there that says, "Oh, hey, look, uh, this guy is not doing what we said he should do." Boom, and he's out of here. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you have to keep your stuff organized and and safe on your on your own side. But I totally use Blip as well because like you need it's that thing. If they had it for photography, I would use it like I I don't have the time or want to spend the time to upload my photos to 50 million sites. It's like it would be so much better if they could just centralize it figure out some way somebody's going to post whatever site this is by the way <laughs> i know I in know. our like show notes i'm gonna be so excited be like, <laughs> so in the, in the comments for this episode listeners. a prize to the person that tells us you know <laughs> yes yeah seriously who gives us the solution to yeah you'll get, you get a free coupon easier. a free coupon for mac create or something from joseph lanashki <laughs> <laughs> they're not here anymore my friend oh they're not, so oh so it's aperture expert now right it is so let's that grade is closed. So so slight slight non sequitur uh, from this. <laughs> I want to talk about that a little bit. So Joseph Joseph and I apologize for not talking about this at the top, but this was on my list of things to talk about. But you so what like two years ago you started a site called Aperture Expert specifically targeted at obviously Aperture users and their needs and tips and tutorials and that sort of thing. But then you you just recently merged or acquired Mac Create. How, what happened? Well, Mac Create essentially just shut down. Um, the, the owner of the site kind of moved on to other things. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot behind it, a lot involved with it, but at the end of the day, Mac create is essentially no more. And, um, all traffic for Aperture users is being recommended to come to me. It's not a direct forward. You go to their website and it says, you know, explains what happens and said, please go to Aperture expert and the rest of it, the final cut and everything else that was on there is just going away. Wow. It just ceases to exist. Wow. Well, that's good. That's so, got to be a bonus for you, though. That's it is. It is. It's, you know, I've seen a huge bump in traffic for it. Uh, Thomas Boyd, who's a photographer for the Oregonian up in Portland, is now contributing to the site as well. And so he's getting, he's, you know, bringing in a lot of extra traffic. He's writing some great posts on there. And so it's nice. It's not just me anymore. So the site is actually growing with uh, real, you know, real people behind the scenes. When I say we now, I don't. I, I actually mean we. It's I not you, mean yourself, just me and, and I. My right? multiple personalities, right? <laughs> it actually is more than one person now. That's really uh, so cool. So it's it's great. It's very very cool. So. So do you have you have employees now? Is that is that? 
Not no. I mean, you know, hiring direct people, but uh, everybody who is involved with the site is compensated one way or another. So. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Congratulations on that. I meant to Thank meant you. to talk about that a little bit. And you know why? You know why After Experts started in the first place? Um, you remember? Let's see. Let me see if I remember. No, I don't remember why. It was you. I started Aperture Expert. You, you, you made me do it. Oh, that's wrote, right. You made me do it. That's right. You because you were wrote, you were writing an ebook and you were going to give it to someone. And I said, <laughs> I said, to Mac why? Create, actually, yeah, they, yeah. It was originally I had written ten tips for Mac Create, and they were just going to post them on the site um, and pay me for it. But they were going to post them on the site. And you said, oh, why don't you turn it into an ebook and sell it? And I said, how do you do that? Right, and you kind of kickstarted that for me, yep. and within a matter of days from you saying that, I found this URL after expert, went on Squarespace and created a site, and literally within a couple of days, from zero to a hundred, um, and I had the site up and running, started selling it, and that was over two years ago. Look at so that! My, my I still, chest, my I think chest I still owe you a nice bottle pride. of wine for that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, congratulations! I mean, you've you've definitely made it into a property, you know. And I think you're, I was looking at your site, you know, because I, I snoop around and look at people's page ranks from time to time on Google to see what the authority of their site is. And mm. I think you were up there, and you're at like five or something like that. You're up there with this week in photo, at, at least, maybe a notch lower, but you were somewhere in that range of authority. So your site is pretty strong. Sweet. Thanks. I I don't I haven't looked at that, so nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to tell you about that later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, you know, so this so Sarah, why we're talking about people that influenced us. Sarah France influenced me way back in the day to start using my brand as Frederick Van. So and and if you notice the color of her wall in the background, that's the reason why the red in Van is red. It's because of Sarah nice. France and that red. So thank you, Sarah France, for your influence. <laughs> yeah. Wow, I didn't realize we all went back that far. Yeah, yeah, we do. Especially since I'm only 21, it's just strange. I know, yeah, Sarah was nine when she influenced me. <laughs> School project. Yeah, very cool. All right, so this next story, uh, Dan, I want to throw it to you a little bit. So um, this uh, it's about a, a lawsuit. So this famous art photographer, William Eggleston, is being sued over the definition of limited edition. So... So uh, essentially, we'll, we'll put a link to this in the show notes, what this is about. But basically, the dispute, dispute boils down to if an artist produces and sells a limited edition of a photographic work and then reissues the same image in a different size, does the reissue qualify as a separate edition? In other words, if you if Dan Ablin says, hey, I just made this this beautiful shot of you know, the, the, uh, you know, something in downtown Chicago, an Italian beef sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you sell it. You say, I'm only going to make 15 of these things and they're $25,000 each. And I'm, I'm deleting the file after it's done. Right. And then you decide, you know what? I made 15, 20 by 24s, but I'm going to make another 15, eight by tens. I'm going to sell those for 10 grand each is, are you, vi are you in violation? In other words, what is, what is the definition? Well, what constitutes the definition of limited edition? The little bit I know, legally no, unless you had a disclaimer explaining they will never be sold again, this is the only size. Um, but just kind of, I don't want to say morally, but you know, the, the opposite of legally, uh, not illegally, but uh, you know, I mean, it's guys still trying to make a living too, but it's kind of like these musicians that are retiring and then they sell all their products and all the best of, and suddenly years later, they're back from retirement. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I think there's just way too many frivolous lawsuits going on. And this is just, just basically just another one. Have you ever, uh, have you ever done a limited edition print? 
No. <laughs> you laugh. No, you can do it. Why not? <laughs> I could. I got. I got a few. I got a few hanging here. But um, no. You know what? If they're uh, hey, the more I can sell, the better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Dan, Dan is the target of Prince. <laughs> Joseph, what about you? Have you ever done a limited run of like one of one of your shots? No, I haven't done a limited run, but um, but I do have to disagree completely with Dan on this point. I'm sorry to say. Uh, I don't know I, much I, about it, so. Oh, fair enough. I, I did I did read the article um on on I think it was on PD, PDN. I read a little bit of it. Yeah. It's. Uh, the whole idea is that if you you tell somebody that you're selling them a limited edition print, the whole reason they're going to buy that limited edition and pay limited edition prices for it is because they expect that it is limited and yeah. that they are going to be able to sell that at a later point or at least have its value increase because of its limited availability. Yeah, and I do agree with that. I'm just saying it's just it's it's kind of gray because what is set up initially, you know, it it is. I, yeah, no, I do agree with so that. So, Dan, you're, well, you're you disagreeing buy... with the idea of limiting something. You're saying sell as many of the no, things as you possibly can. No, 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 can. not at all. No, all, all I'm really saying is just it's, you know, what constitutes – I actually looked up before the show really what is a limited edition, and, mm-hmm. you know, it is what we think. I'm not finding a really strong definition of it only means we'll only sell this now. That's what we all know, but if that's not written initially when that sale was done, you know, who really knows – if it's legal or not, that's all I'm saying. But no, I, I do agree that that is, it, I want to say defrauding, but yeah, no, you're saying it's only going to sell this number and you had that like one of 100 prints sold. Well, now years later, 101 comes out. So yeah. it does devalue yeah. that original one. So yeah, so sorry, Joseph. So what were you saying, Joseph? Yeah. Oh, no, I just, that is, that is exactly the point. When you say it's going to be one of 25 and then you decide to sell 25 more, suddenly that's, that's a real problem for the people who paid that initial price and expect that their investment is is exactly that. It's an investment. It's, I'm not just buying a poster to hang on the wall. I'm spending $10,000 on this photo because it's one of only 25 in the world. Suddenly there's 50 in the world or 100 in the world. It absolutely devalues the work. So yeah. I think it's a legitimate claim, and there is no contract on it. There is no um, legal thing other than the fact that they wrote on there it's is one of 25. That's, that's, and that's my point, told. exactly. Yeah. So, hey, Dan, you know, I think Dan, I think you need to go take a Ritalin or something because you're you're wiggling over <laughs> I'm there. I'm sorry. I just I can hear the cable on the microphone. I'm trying gently to get it off. You're you're like a kid in the back seat. Oh, like, stop moving, Dan, or I'm going to pull this car over right now. You don't even know. I started at 6 a.m. I had a Red Bull like this. I've had like six cups of coffee. I've had soda. It's you're like can, hours you're later. like can this show be over already? I need to use the restroom. No, I don't. That is really Sorry. crazy. Sorry. All right, Sarah. What about you? Have you have have you done a limited edition Sarah France original one of ten kind of thing? Every photo I do is original and specifically for a client. So yeah. I don't know. What it's mean. one of one, no. right? One of one album. One right? of one. Yeah. No one else wants it. Just the client. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. Uh, <clears throat> so I well I I think there are a lot of frivolous lawsuits. I'll, I'll agree with you on that point, but. I get the point of this of this lawsuit, but I don't know that there are, um, and maybe you guys can help me with this, but I don't know that there are clear laws around limited editions and um, what you're allowed to, you know, what you're basically allowed to do or not do. And I think that might be where this is where this is kind of coming from, and what might be needed in the industry in that area. That's not something I ever deal with, yeah. really. Obviously, not to say. It, 
I never will, but I can't see a reason. It's not really my kind of photography. Yeah. But if I was purchasing a one of a hundred, yeah, I'd be really ticked if he came out with like a whole nother um, run of the same image. Like that, that's totally the point of, of, um, having a limited edition mm -hmm. print. So I completely agree with this person's point and, and honestly, you know, maybe it's not as frivolous a lawsuit as we think it is. I mean, the law is there for a reason. It just seems like there's been a lot of lawsuits and, um, and it's sad, but, yeah. uh, a lot of times they're for good reason. So maybe this is one of the good ones. Yeah. I think that the part of the problem here is there is no law, right? There is no law about, limited edition as far as i know there's descriptions of what it's meant to be but there's no i don't think there's a precedent for it so this is what this will ultimately turn into is yet another law in the books i was going to say do we really want gonna have to... we want the government to step in and regulate this too well that's exactly I mean... it we don't but for if we don't want the government to step in and regulate it then we have to behave ourselves yeah. and it only takes one person to screw it up yeah right and then yeah. that's why we need laws that's why we need a law because one person decided that they were going to bend the rules and piss off somebody who had the time and energy and money to file a lawsuit. Right. Game over. You just ruined it for the rest of us. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. too, even if we have, like, a guideline, some sort of idea of, of what a limited edition really means, um, and, again, there probably is one out there I'm just not aware of, but um, that's really what I would go by to determine whether this guy overstepped his bounds or not. Um, but, yeah. As a client, if I was looking at it from the perspective of the of the client, I'd I'd be pretty upset. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at it from a marketing standpoint or perspective, and this is a simple scarcity play, right? So it's you make it's supply and demand. You make a few and charge a lot for them, and make the people that purchase them feel good about it by saying, "Hey, you got you know one of X number." But you know, it's you know I I, I struggle with it because. It's completely arbitrary to me because, you, you know, you got your inkjet printer in the corner. You can make 50 prints or you can make 500 prints on that printer and they print one. If you know what you're doing is going to look just as good as print 500. You know, why arbitrary limit arbitrarily limit it? Well, I think it's, you know, in terms of photography, that's it's it's you could print it. But like at home, we have, um, you know, Goddard is the artist. He, he paints the olives on the martini glasses you ever see those mm -mm. yeah um we've got a couple of those at home and there's actually he's coming to a chicago studio uh in a couple of weeks and we went in there and not one of the prints that we have was in there which actually as you're saying this i just thought about that and i think those were actually limited and that's that's kind of cool and i i think i would be a little upset if uh i saw one of those and I said, hey wait a minute i paid all this money for a limited um but now he's selling it oh well it's a different size so it's that doesn't count yeah, you know, yeah. so there there need, does need to be some guidelines. And two, you have to think about um, most art pieces like this that we're talking about are are investments. Like people mm -hmm. are are spending a lot of money, and it, and they're spending it because they also see that it that it holds its value, and that people still, you know, it's worth something. Mm -hmm. And you basically devalued it, so yeah. you you're messing with somebody's investment at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think Joseph's right, and I think this will probably eventually find its way into the courts if there's someone that feels they've been wrongfully wronged and someone that they feel like they can get some money out of. I think it's going to take both of those things in order for this to uh, to, to jump into court. 
Scary, scary, scary. Okay, so the next thing uh, and the last thing I want to talk about on the side of, on the news side is Adobe. So it looks like their web platform team is they want to bring Photoshop style blending modes into the HTML spec. Meaning, you know, you guys are all Photoshop savvy, so things like you know multiply screen overlay color dodge that kind of stuff. They want to make that part of the HTML spec so you could do that on a web page. Now the question is and I'll I'll throw it to you first Dan so you're you're in that you know you've written books on this stuff. Um does that make sense? I mean you know initially at first you don't think it does but when CSS first came around you know like well, what do I need that for? You know I can just choose my font in Dreamweaver and but now look at what a standard that is. So mm-hmm. um no, I, w- I would trust Adobe. I, th- I think it, it has some play down the road, HTML5, the way that's come along. Um, how it would be implemented, I'm, I'm been trying to picture that. I don't that's really what I'm trying know. To, other than, other than like, a, like a picnic or you know, one of those type online yeah. image editing services. Um, no, no, no. Think of it in terms of development, though, that your website, um, you know, everything pretty much, unless you pre-build that image mm-hmm. um, or text, it's... It's just separate images. Right. So imagine, though, if you're building a website. And, I don't, and again, I don't know how this works, but this is what I would think. If you're building a website in a new HTML5 editor, perhaps, that has this, this new code dropped in, you literally can layer up text over images and have those blending modes like you would in Photoshop, but now it's presenting live on the web for your web page, yeah. for your storefront, you know. So pushing, your pushing rendering and, and decisions, imaging decisions like that yeah. to the server, right? Yeah. What about you, Joseph? Yeah, does it does it make sense to do something like this, or are you the guy? Are you a purist? And you're like, you know what? If I want my image black and white, or if I want it blended, I'll do it in Photoshop and upload the JPEG. You know, far be it for me to to decide what technologies out there should and shouldn't exist. No, right? I want I want you to take the role, no, the no, omnipotent the role of decider. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I bless you it. Are it may exist. Um, no, the whole the whole point of interesting technologies like this isn't because Adobe says this is what you're going to do with it. It's so that a company like Adobe can say, here's some new technology. Show me yeah. what you got. Mm-hmm. Let's see what you can do. Right? The, look at a device like the iPhone. You know, Nobody had any idea what this thing was going to become. The technology got out there, and suddenly it's a million different things. Who knows what somebody will do with the ability to run a difference algorithm on a photo on a website live? I don't know, but I, I you know, would love to see, love yeah. to find out. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, who would have thought in 2010 or 2011 that in 2012 a company that builds iPhone applications would sell for one billion dollars? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> one <laughs> that mean, billion dollars. That, that makes that just makes me want to cry. Actually, you know, <laughs> it's, like, yeah, it's uh, wow, ugly, ugly. Uh, Sarah, you know, on your side, so you're you're an Aperture person. I would assume you spend most of your time in Aperture, building your albums and all that stuff. Um, and not so much on the web, am I right? And, and if you do, if you are jumping on the web, why would you want Photoshop blend modes on the web? Is that a th- something that you would use in your day-to-day? I think it comes down, well, I don't really do web development myself. So mm-hmm. it, I think it comes down to um, if you are looking for it anywhere, why not have it where you need it, where mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. wherever you are. So Hey, that's if, an argument yeah, for marriage course, right there. Uh oh. Exactly what I just said. Why not have it right there? Or you need it. Exactly. Um so anyways, um I think that I think 
I think it is great to have it, to have those options um, wherever you happen to be at the time. If you happen to be um, building your website and yeah. you're like, oh, crap, that photo really needs just a little more contrast or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great. I'm going to do it right here instead of pull it out, doing Photoshop, save it again, bring it back in, like all of that. So I, I think the more places that we can kind of put the things that we use frequently, the better. I, I, I'm always looking for ways to save time. And um, if this helps save time, awesome. Awesome. All right, uh, guys, we're going to take a quick break now and give a listen to Sarah, you know, someone that both you and I know, Jason Kiefer. He's the co-founder of a company called Pixoto. They're at Pixoto, P-I-X-O-T-O dot com. And, you know, it's interesting. When you first look at the site, it, you may think that, hey, this looks kind of similar to 500 Picks, which is one of the questions I asked him in the interview. But in reality, it's completely different from 500 Picks. It's more of a um, – it's almost like – and I told Jason this. I asked him this in the interview. It's kind of like a hot or not. You guys remember hot or not where so – It's exactly you like put, hot or You not. put two images up there kidding. and you're like, is she hot or is she not? And you click on – it's like that, but... No, it's like, who's hotter? <laughs> who's it's hotter? like, who's hotter? Yeah. Who's hotter? So it's like that, but for really it's stunning images, photo. right? So instead of seeing, instead of seeing, you know, people that you need to judge their aesthetic, you know, you know, pleasingness or whatever, you see shots that are really important, really good looking, whether they're, you know, outdoor nature shots or whatever, it puts two shots up there and you vote them. And then the winner... Uh, they, I think they give away a prize every week. It's like two grand or something every week they're giving away. Wow. So it's a really interesting site. So definitely check that out and listen to this interview. You can hear from Jason specifically explain why they built the site, who it's for and where it's going. Okay, I'm here with Mr. Jason Kiefer. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company you may not have heard of yet. It's called Pixoto. Uh, Jason and I uh, go back way back to the Pictage days. Jason was the CEO and founder of and co-founder of Pictage, a company you probably heard of. And I used to work at that company. And now we've come back into each other's circles. And Jason has allowed me to interview him and pick his brain about his newest venture, the site that we're going to we're going to talk all about. So Jason, welcome to this week in photo. Thank you. Uh it's really great to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for coming on. So so okay, first off, Pixoto. Let's just dive right into it. Um and but let's back up from what Pixoto's all about first. So you are what I would people's stereotype as a serial entrepreneur, right? <laughs> so you got to you got it's in your blood, you got to start a company, you can't not be starting companies. So why Pixoto? Why why this particular part of the market? Um, you know, it's funny, after um 10 years uh, at Pictage, I, I didn't think that, you know, photography was actually going to be the area that I ended up back in. Um, but uh Justin Kiefer, uh who's my partner in Pixoto, yeah. um, and I were chat. We were working on another uh, company, uh, which we ended up selling. And you know, sort of around that time, uh, we were sort of brainstorming ideas, and we came up with this, you know, this idea really to to use um, the uh, online voting in order to be able to figure out which images were better. And we realized that there is a there really isn't any way um, right now to, to, for a photographer or any kind of artist to, to put their work online, have it voted on, and really figure out um, you know, how, how people are reacting to their, 
to their work. Yeah. Um, and so we started brainstorming around this idea um, and realized that it had a lot of applicability in a whole bunch of different areas, um, and photography being one of them. But, but you know, both of us having backgrounds um, in photography, uh, we said, you know, this is something that we think that photographers would really like. Yeah. Um, and, and, and ultimately that's what we, uh, you know, that was sort of the inspiration, um, behind Pixphoto, you know, and, and looking around, we realized that, you know, if you look at any kind of image search on the web and you go to, you know, you know, we went to Google images or we could go to some of the stock sites or whatever, you know, they just had a really hard time in getting the best images to show up first. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we wanted to try to be able to solve that problem in a way that, you know, that would be really fun for people to use and, um, and that we could create a really great, you know, community around. So, Jay, is, is it, I mean, is, so the, the site or the service is built around um, the contest and voting on photos and, sort, and, and that sort of metaphor. Is this kind of like, uh, you remember that site? I don't know if it's still around. It's called Hot or Not, where you, you know, there's a picture of a, a woman or a guy there and you have to vote on whether that person is hot or not. And then depending on how many people vote, you know, the, the algorithm decides. Is this similar? Uh, it's similar in that 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 there's a voting that there's voting, but it's similar to you know voting anywhere. I think that you know what really makes um, uh, Pixoto unique, and actually, I mean, not it's unique in sort of imaging, uh, is is the fact that we're comparing two images side by side. So two images come up side by side, mm -hmm. and you choose which one is better. Um, and then there's a you know there's a ranking algorithm on the back end that adjusts the you know we call it image score mm -hmm. um, for each image uh, based on the results of that pairing and how that user votes, um, and and the hard part and actually the, the thing that we've spent the most time really trying to figure out is. Um, you know, it's very easy to adjust scoring based on whether an image wins or not. There's there's lots of algorithms out there for that. But but the hard part is really figuring out which images then should be paired with Im which image, how often they should be shown, and who they should be shown to, in order to get the sort of most unbiased and accurate results. Yeah. Um, so so picked, we call it uh, image duel. We put two images side by side in a, in a duel. That's cool, yeah. and uh, they they compete against one another, and and the image duel um, system is really the core of of what Pixoto is. Um, it's what you know all of our users have to use because in order to put images on Pixoto, you have to earn credits, and you earn credits by voting. Um, and this way, we make sure that for every image that that's submitted, we always have at least ten votes, and that's enough. When the way that we allocate it, that we can actually sort of support an unlimited number of images. So as long as people are willing to vote and people are willing to upload images, we'll have enough votes to go around. Um, and, and a lot of online voting systems, in you know, in various, uh, you know, all their various guises and all their different industries, um, I think where they can fall apart is if there is too much content and not enough votes so you might get content that doesn't nobody really ever looks at it to see whether or not it's good yeah uh, so and how, how are you how are you determining which images go up against which images is it and is are you factoring in skill level somehow for example i don't you know i would feel uncomfortable putting up one of my images against say a joe mcnally or somebody like that <laughs> <laughs> you know? well it's not so, a fair fight <laughs> yeah I, I i get that you know and and i would say that um right now uh, Pixoto is really about, you know, comparing, you know, if you put your images on Pixoto, you're comparing yourselves to the best in the world. Yeah. Um, and you can, you know, look 
you know, sort of dive down into categories and dive down into subcategories and dive down into tags uh, of the image to see how your image ranks against other images of the same content. Um, we'll add more and more specific. Uh, can't even say it. <laughs> specificity. <laughs> we'll be much more specific. <laughs> yes, we'll be much more specific about that. Uh, you know, in the future, and we'll add more layers. But right now, it's really it's a worldwide contest. So yeah, you 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 know, your images would be against the top, and you may not be able to get to the top, but you will be able to see. You know. Um, whether your images are better than, you know, your friend's images or better than, you know, somebody else's images who is sort of in your, in your level. And you'll be able to see how your score, you know, depending on which image you put in, which, which pe one people like the most. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of our, our members get really addicted to this feedback of, you know, I'm trying to consistently trying to get a better image into the system. Um, you know, my images, I really, I enjoy, you know, putting images on Pixoto. Um, I'm not, you know, a really avid photographer. I've got sort of my history of the, my travel photos and that sort of stuff, but that's not, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, a, a great photographer. And, and, but even for me, it's been fun just seeing how my, you know, my best images compare against some of the best in the world. And I've, they've done pretty well. You know, I've won a few awards. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> We, you, we do you, give out we give out awards every every day every week every month every year. I was going to ask about that. So so what's what's an award? I mean, is it just a hey? I got here's here's a I got bragging rights because I get this pixel, you know this this or this um, a graphic that that shows up on my po my profile, or do you get something tangible? Yeah. So if you. Uh, the kind of way the awards work is that every day we're going to post, you know, the top 10 of the day in every category. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll just, you know, we'll give a little icon on that picture. Um, we'll put an icon on the photographer's profile. Um, we assign points to that depending on how many images you were competing against. The number one image, if it was competing against in that day, a thousand images would get a thousand points. Um, yeah. And then the point, depending on how you position, uh, how many, how well you do, the, the points decline. Um, and those, you know, you can share, uh, you can automatically share them on Facebook and Twitter, um, or you can just, you know, click a button and share them an email or however you want. And, and so that's really, there's, there's no money associated with that. But if you go to the weekly contest, now we're looking at all the images submitted in that week, then there are prizes, cash prizes that we give out, um, every week. And it's the, the amount of cash is, you know, up to $150 per category. Um, and it depends on, uh, how many images were submitted to that category. So there are categories like uh, landscape and portrait and people, and those categories get really big and the dollar numbers get high. You know, some of our smaller categories like mobile and so on would have um, lower dollar amounts associated with them. But there's, you know, if you get the top image in that category for that week, there's real money associated with it. And we've played out, you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, in prizes uh, already. Wow. Um, so, so there is that. And, but, you know, I think that's, that's not really why most of our members are there. Um, the vast majority of our members are there. Um, you know, the chance of, of, of winning a prize is pretty small. I mean, you got really got to have, you, we're having, you know, 25,000 plus images submitted weekly, um, you know, spread across our 15 categories. So, you know, you've really got to have an amazing striking image, uh, in order to be able to win that top award. And that's true of a lot of our members, but, but the majority is not. Um, but we do give awards for the top 20% of images. So if you're in the top 20%, we'll give you a little badge. We'll give you some points, something you can share. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun for our members.
Yeah. Now, now looking at the site now, by the way, it's gorgeous. It's just a, it's a Thank you. beautifully laid out site, easy to look at. Um, so what I'm thinking is down the road, and at the end of the interview, I normally you know ask you what's next, but I want to ask now because I'm looking at the site and it's on <laughs> top of my head. Um, <laughs> so you know, for me personally, because you know, I do all this stuff, is you know, it's not altruistic. It's all about me. So <laughs> personally, <laughs> personally, what I need, I do these photo walks and, and meetups and all this stuff. I would love a way to have a small uh, personal version of Pixoto that I can just say, hey, this finite group of people, we're going to put, put our images in here and we're going to compete against each other rather than competing against the world. Do you have any plans to do anything like that? Well, so, so, so first I would say you can do that now. Oh, okay. Uh, cool. you, could do, you can do that now. In, in a, in a, you just have to tell everybody to use the same tag. Um, oh, when they, when they okay. go into a photo, use that tag and then you can look up the leaderboard for that tag. Um, just make sure that they put it all in the same category so that they're all playing against the same images. So if you're out, you know, shooting cityscapes that you put it in a cityscape subcategory and, and have them all tag the same thing. So it, that you, you know, you, that part you actually can do, uh, in terms of the, the more social aspect of, it, I just want to see how I'm competing against with my friends. Yeah. There are, yes, we've got plans there to, to, um, to, to allow you to have, you know, right now we already have fa- followers on, um, uh, follower, you can follow people and you can be followed. Um, but, but actually, you know, we're still in beta. So right now that actually doesn't have any functionality. All the people do it. Um, but the, the functionality that will be there is really, you can, you can see when, you know, you can compare yourself to, uh, your friends and followers. Um, we'll also add in more, more Facebook integration so that you can find out which of your Facebook friends, uh, are on there, which of your Twitter followers are on there. That's, uh, that sort of thing. Very cool. uh, but no, yeah, so that's, that we'll, we'll add, definitely add more features like that in the future. Very cool. So, and then on top of that, um, doing the private group, say you could tag it and create a, create a private group, but what about keeping it completely private? Right. I don't, I don't want anybody to see these images because say they're from a, you know, a model shoot or something and the images aren't ready to be seen by the world. Is there any way to keep things private? We don't have any uh, way of keeping things private right now. Uh, that is something that we're looking into. The complication there is that in order to keep the voting fair um, and to, to the, that all images have to be, you know, be able to be seen by uh, hundreds of people. Um, yeah. So, so when the, you know, what over time our algorithm has gotten better and better and part of it getting better is just the fact that we have so many different people looking at the images so if you look now and you you look at an image that has 200 duels behind it right so a lot of our top images on the site will have you know a couple hundred duels and um it's very likely that you might have 180 190 people individual people that have voted on that image um and if you confine um the voting to a smaller group of people, which we of course had when we first started, uh, there are a lot of drawbacks associated with that and it becomes much easier to game the system. It becomes not as fun to vote. So really keeping the, the, the voting diverse so that people aren't voting a bunch of times on the same images is, 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 has been critical to being able to, to, um, really make the Pixado experience and keep really. it fair. Right. Yeah. Cause I can imagine people see that and they see the dollar amount associated with it. And they're like, you know, Hey, I can write an algorithm to scam the system and, you know, yeah. have a, have a, you know, a new paycheck coming in every month. So, right. Right. I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, it, people have tried, I mean, we knew they would. And, and part of the reason I'd say why we, we did offer money, uh, is that we, we, 
we kind of wanted people to try to figure out how to you know game the system because mm. if they don't figure out how to how to do it then we'll never figure out how to stop it right right um and so in this early stage we really want to try to make our algorithms as bulletproof as possible because ultimately you know it, it, it pixota won't just be a gaming community i mean there, there there's going to be a lot of reasons while you'll why you will want your images on pixoto and and images that will you know drive business to you as a photographer uh and that's that's you know really our goal is not just to be a community not just to be fun but we want to drive use this as a way of driving business to the people who upload their photos um and and to help them be able to monetize uh their work either the work that they've actually you know put online or you know future work that they they might do um you know get more clients effectively um but in order if we're going to do that and we're going to make that effective then the, the system can't be easily gamed or game really gamed at all. Um, so we have put a ton of effort. Um, I employ a, a full-time uh, PhD in math to just figure out how to make this thing as bulletproof as possible. Wow. Um, and, you know, and, 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 you know, to be honest, when we first started, it really wasn't bulletproof. I mean, it, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, and, it's getting more so. I can't say it's 100% right now. Um, we you know, occasionally still find people are trying to game the systems in new ways that we hadn't anticipated before. But we're able to, to, to really catch those quickly and, and get rid of that influence um, uh, pretty rapidly now, much, much better than we had in the past. Cool. So you're growing and evolving as the, as the threats occur, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think you know, they'll, they'll reach a point where it really won't be – it just won't be possible. Because the more people we have on it, I mean, with, you know, I mean, uh, right now we're getting uh, 175,000, 200,000 votes per day. Um, and so you've got, you know, you've got a couple thousand people, um, a few thousand people that are voting every day. And, and with that number of people, it's, it's just any one person, it's really impossible for them to um, make an impact without voting literally tens of thousands of times. Um, and those are the types of people that are the easiest to catch. Cause if you see somebody doing that, you just know they're, <laughs> you know, they're bogus and you just get rid of the influence of those, 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 uh, those votes. So, um, it actually, you know, the volume has really helped us. Volume is, is important. Um, right. which will continue to grow and you'll continue to get smarter and smarter. That's really cool. We certainly hope so. So looking at the site, Jason, um, when I first came to the site, I think um, we were doing an episode of This Week in Photo, and Sarah France had mentioned that you were doing this, and I hadn't, I didn't even have an idea that you were doing this. And I was like, Jason is up to something again? So I, I went and I checked out the site. My first, to be honest, my first impression was, hey, this kind of looks 500 pixel-ish, you know, yeah. so with the square images and all that stuff. What do you, I mean, and I'm sure a lot of This Week in Photo listeners will look at it and come to the same conclusion. What do you say to that? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I think um, there's, there's, there's multiple similarities, actually, with what we're doing and what 500 Pixels is doing. And, and we came across them, I, I think it was about four months after we started the company. We're like, boy, this, this site is really cool, and they're doing some really interesting things. And for us, it was really encouraging because it showed that people were interested um, in just seeing great photography and in getting their their you know their work sort of to their to their front page right yeah. um, they approach that very differently um, you know their 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 whole sort of concept is very different than what we're that what we're, we're trying to do um, but but nevertheless that that core hey we we want to have great images on our homepage and we want people to be able to come back every day and see you know fantastic images uh, that are different. Uh, 
you know, that concept has really resonated. Obviously, they're they're just killing it. They're doing a great job. Um, you know, in terms of the square, you know, in terms of the square uh, images, I mean, you know, the, it's not like you have a copyright I, on square I think imagery. <laughs> I think it's a nice, clean look. You know, you see it in a bunch of different places, and um, we we liked the the uh, you know, you, obviously, when anytime you're designing something, you're going to look and you're going to say, what are the best practices in the industry? And, and, you know, who's, who's doing things really, really well. Uh, what we like about, uh, square is to using ones that are full frame is that, uh, we're able to see more of the subject, um, larger on the screen and therefore your, you know, your, your, uh, we call it the leaderboard. The leaderboard is a really great viewing experience. Um, and, and so that's, that's really why, uh, we went with the square thumbnails, which, you know, I think that's a, I think it's a great way to go. Um, obviously, uh, 500 pixels is now moving away from that. Yeah, uh, yeah. but we're, we're, we're not, we, we like, we like them for now. So, yeah, no, it's beautiful. I gotta tell you just a, as a, as an aside, I'm, I'm browsing through the site as we're talking here. And one of my favorite categories is the Photoshop art category. So, Listeners, if you if when you get to the site, definitely take a look at this category because it's just got some beautiful work in here. You know, like these these sites are great, but it, it I hate them <laughs> because I'm like, man, either I'm thinking I should have done that, or how the heck did they do that? You know, or, you know, this is just beautiful, inspiring work on here. So, congratulations for bringing all that stuff together. Yeah, well, I I I gotta say, I'm so thrilled every day to look at our leaderboard and and see you know the quality of work that's there and and know that you know we didn't have to select anything choose anything you know that really our our algorithms and our users and our members were able to bring this content um you know up to the top and and every day i mean i our, our actually our default view is is uh this week so you see all the best photos from this week mm-hmm. there is a, a today um, uh, you know, uh, a view, yeah. which that's my favorite. I think a lot, and I, what we've noticed is that a lot of our, our regular users, um, just look at the, at the today, you know, they want to see what's, what's hot today or what's hot yesterday. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. The quality of stuff that comes through there is, is really gratifying. So Jason, let's talk a little bit about the, the infrastructure of the site. So I'm looking through it and as I go through it, um, I'm noticing that you are, intrinsically tied to Facebook. I mean, the Facebook commenting and all that stuff is, is really interwoven into the DNA of the site. Like, what was your mind, what was your thought process behind doing that other than, you know, Facebook is a gigantic gorilla on the internet and full of traffic, but, you know, what, what were you thinking? Yeah, it's the eight, eight, 800 million user gorilla. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was it, 800 million. Yeah. Enough said, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, we obviously, we, Okay, so so there's there's several points with, which we're tied into Facebook. Um, we allow you to sign up with Facebook or Twitter. Uh, if you want, you can sign up with e- email. Most people choose not to; they choose the you know the one click option, which mm-hmm. we encourage. Um, there's a lot of benefits uh, for us and for our users to do that. Um, so so that's sort of the, the the first element. And then of course we have Facebook like, uh, and that gets used more than our own favorites system and way way more than twitter um and uh the advantage of that obviously is you can like an image you can post that image to your wall and that drives you know traffic back to that to that image so so that's great we love the fact that everybody basically you know everybody's got a facebook account 
Yeah. Um, obviously, there's a few people that don't, but there's not that many. And 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 they have that ability to just very quickly like an image, and that drives uh, uh, their friends back to our members' photography, which is is that's our goal. We people put images on Pixoto because they want to know how they're how they compare, and they also want their images to be seen by people. Yeah. Um, and so so that drives that. Um, uh, that behavior, uh, you know, Facebook comments, um, you know, the, the, there's just a lot of advantages to using Facebook comments, uh, especially for somebody, you know, who's just in beta and and is early on in our life in that, um, you don't get spam, um, comments in Facebook comments and people, because they're using their real name typically, uh, are much more likely to be nice. So, so what we find is, um, we just don't need to moderate those comments at all, mm-hmm. and and moderation of comments can be really a pain. Yeah. Um, so so with by using Facebook comments, um, uh, we it's avoid self, that self policing and people keep them, their selves accountable because hey, I'm going to say something negative and all my friends and family are going to see what I said. Right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Now it doesn't get posted. You can choose whether you want it posted to your wall or not. But that posting to the wall feature, which is a default in Facebook comments, is also really handy um, to to drive more traffic back to that image. And when those comments get posted, the image actually shows up on the wall as well. So again, more traffic for our members, and of course, you know what's good for them is good for us. Um, and so, so that's really, you know, the, the core experience is you look through the site, the Facebook integration. Uh, the other really, really critical thing that we do is that if you sign up um, and with Facebook, you, we will automatically post awards that you earn to your Facebook wall. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, this is a feature that you can toggle on or off at will. Um, but uh, so when you, you know, if, if we assign awards, that's going to get posted onto your wall. And what happens then is you, all your friends are congratulating you and, and, uh, looking at your images and, and, and so on. So, really cool. uh, yeah. and it's done in a way, you know, it's not, um, you know, because it's, you know, it's obviously an auto post, right? It's not like you're bragging, mm-hmm. right? So, so there is, I mean, obviously if you are posting images on Pixota, you want to know how your images compare. It, you probably also want to say, hey, look, my images are, are really doing great if they're doing great. Um, and so this is a way of doing that in a way that's really, you know, you're, it's not you doing it, but people know. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so not, it's not narcissistic, right? It's, right. And, yeah. And, you know, and to be honest, you know, 50% of our traffic uh, on Pixoto is from Facebook. What, 50%? 50%. Okay, so then that begs the question – if a business is intrinsically tied to another business, what happens when that business decides they don't like you anymore or, you know, Facebook goes away? Not that that's going to happen anytime soon, but what, what happens then? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, you know, either you find a, a – either they're replaced by something else and you, you know, you, <laughs> you start yeah. working with that um, yeah. or you don't grow as fast. I mean – it's it's a it's a problem that anybody who, who's on the web these days faces. I mean, if you you have you have to leverage Facebook if you can because they're they're an incredible driver of traffic, um, and they do that better than any other social network. I mean, um, one just because of their sheer size, but also that the way that they've structured the wall and they they the way that they only show thumbnails or no or no you know no image. Uh, it really drives that tra- – they, they focus on driving traffic back to 
um, other places. So it's not all about, hey, I got to keep you on Facebook. It's about, no, no, here's a way of discovering other things on the web. And yeah, you just go ahead and, and go to that other thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's, it's really structured well for business. And, you know, I mean, if it's, it's, it's great and we'll use it. Um, and so long as it continues to work, that's, we, you know, we'll, we'll continue to use it. If it doesn't work, then, you know, we'll just have to figure out other ways to, to grow. And we're growing other ways. It's, I think it's, it's half of our user growth. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so then Jason, on, on top of that, I got a, I got a remark on a tweet that I saw you put out the other day on another social network, Pinterest. So yeah. Pinterest, and I think your tweet said something like, I had a great conversation with the folks at Pinterest, but I'm still blocking them. So <laughs> that's what you said, right? So what, what's up with that? What's, what's uh, up? What you like them, but you hate them. What's going on? Right, right. I do like them. I think that their I think their experience uh, is great. Um, it took me a while to kind of get you know to really understand it, mm-hmm. uh, like what 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 the attraction was, and I suppose that's true of most men. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but nevertheless, beautifully designed site. Really, uh, you know, obviously, you know, uh, a great new addition to um, to the web. Uh, what's what what's been troubling me about Pinterest recently is that, um, and I and I didn't really focus this on this until last week because I didn't realize kind of how much our images were being shared. You know, our members' images were being shared on Pinterest through Pixoto. Um, and I, I've noticed that you know thousands of of our ima- of, of our members' images through Pixoto have been shared on Pinterest, mm-hmm. um, and they do um, put a little you know uh, you know the source is Pixoto, and if you if you there are ways of clicking through to find uh, you know if you actually click on the image you can get to the image detail page on our site. But but what's what's um, what is th- there's a couple of problems. One, they don't. Um, they don't put the photographer's name on the image. Um, and so there's no, nowhere, when you're looking at the image on their site, um, the photographer's name is nowhere. And I think that's acceptable if the image is shown in thumbnail form. Yeah. So that it then, oh, you want to go look at the image? Great, look at the image. And oh, now I'm seeing the full-size image and I'm seeing it the way the photographer wanted me to see it with the information they wanted me to see. Um, and it's clearly their image. Uh, but Pinterest doesn't do that. Pinterest actually will go into our site, pull the high resolution or the full resolution image into their site and serve it from their site. Um, and still no copyright information um, uh, available for the photographer. In fact, their, their terms of service, which they assure me that they're changing, but currently their, their terms of service say, you know, you can't post copyrighted material on Pinterest. Unless you have permission, you're not supposed to do it at all. Right. And I read this article that was posted by this lawyer that I retweeted, um, I think it was last week, that said, if you read the terms of service, they say that they will not be responsible for anything that happens from that. So if I post, say I post a Jason Kiefer image and you decide that you want to sue, you're going to sue me directly and they have nothing to do with it. And you're going to be responsible for all the legal fees and all that stuff. So. Yeah, which is which is kind of scary. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, obviously, I don't think they'd let it get that far, but um, but yeah, I mean, that's. But I don't want to be sitting in that... a cell saying, "Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I wish right. they hadn't let it get that far." <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, I, you know, and I'm not. I, I, I think that they're the way that they've structured their terms of service obviously has to change. Doesn't really work. Um, but 
the way it is right now, effectively, you know, I, I look at their site and I say that they're infringing on the copyright of our members um, because they are not denoting that this is their image. And uh, so I asked our members and I said, you know, this is the situation, um, you know, they block them. Oh, and I should add, um, Facebook drives, I mean, we've had, we've had days where we've had over 10,000 members or people visit from Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, on a single day yeah. and, and on our tip, on a typical day, it's in the thousands uh, of, of people that, um, visit specifically through a link on Facebook. Yeah. Um, you know, so obviously all those users are still tagged as Facebook, even if they come back in a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. So that's why our 50% of our traffic is Facebook. But, but on any given day, tons of people clicking through from Facebook. Um, Facebook does, like I said, Facebook does a really good job of that. You know, the, the same is not true of Pinterest. Because they show that full, beautiful, full resolution image and a really nice browsing experience on their website, there is absolutely no reason for somebody to click through. Um, and, you know, it's uh, it, it just, there's just, yeah. There's, so, so we looked at the traffic and we're getting nothing. We get nothing from Pinterest, even though, you know, our images, or our members' images are repinned, you know, dozens of times. Um, you know, lots of them have 20, 30 repins. Re so you know that they've been seen by hundreds of people and nobody clicks through. And, and, you know, it's just a matter of their, you know, they're giving them what our experience is. And photography, unlike a product. So if you're a product manufacturer and somebody's repinning your image everywhere, you're like, hey, that, that's cool. My brand's getting out there, right? That's really cool because it's my product and I can sell it. And if somebody clicks through, they're going to come and buy it, right? And that's really what I'm wanting. I'm wanting them to buy my product uh, with photography, the, the consumption of the photography is actually the product, right? right so I'm looking right. at your image. I'm loving your images, but that's all I need. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's almost like why, why click through to the cow when you can get the milk for free, right? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> Use that one a number of times. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, so, so, so that's, you know, that's effectively, you know, by, by cutting off Pinterest, we wouldn't be cutting off traffic um, to our members. And, and because they don't actually put the you know, our members' names on the pictures, we're also, they're all, our members aren't getting any publicity about it. So there's really no reason to be on Pinterest. Uh, I did have a conversation with them. They recognize the problem. They don't have an easy solution. Uh, they have created, they have a really nice little feature. You put one line of code in your, on your website and people can't pin images from that site. So we're going to do that. That'll be done this week. Uh, we're also, we've also asked them to remove all of the current images off of Pixoto because they're all infringing on our members' copyright, and they've said that they would do that as well. So if they change, um, you know, to a situation where they're really respecting copyright and they're not showing that high-resolution image and they're, you know, they're, they become a traffic source for our members, then we'll totally revisit that. Yeah. So, so Jason, let's, let's switch gears and talk about money for a second. So you got, you got a beautiful site. You got lots of members. You got traffic coming in from several directions, 50% from Facebook and the rest from other. What, how are you making money? You know, where's, well, where, how do you keep the lights on? <laughs> well, so, so let me step back on, on my philosophy here. It's the same philosophy. It's a lot of different, you know, same, there's a lot of, um, you know, web properties, mm -hmm. um, I believe that the hardest thing to do um, on the web is to create um, a, a, a service or product that does two things. One, that people really, really want to use actively. Okay? Um, and two, that they're going to tell their friends about. Mm -hmm. right? yep. If you can get those two things, people love using it they want, and they use it consistently and actively. And 
they also tell their friends about it, then you can create a viral product. And so, so when we launched Pixoto, that was our goal. Let's just make something that people really want to use, that they really love, and then, uh, and then that they'll also want to tell their friends about. And, and so that's been our focus. And, you know, when we first started, it wasn't like that. And we added features and functionality until we got to a point where we became, you know, it became that people really wanted to continue to actively use us. Um, and, uh, also, that they would tell their friends about it. Okay, so Jason, you know, you have you have tons of traffic coming in from various directions. You got fifty percent from Facebook and the rest from other sources. You got a beautiful website. You got a membership that continues to grow. How how are you making money with the site, and how are you keeping the lights on? Um, I get that question a lot, uh, and I got to step back to sort of my philosophy. Um, it's the same philosophy as a lot of web properties, and that is, you know, the hardest thing to do on the web is to create a product that that people really, really want to use or service that people really want to use and that they'll tell their friends about. And so when we launched Pixoto, our goal was really just just get that right. Make make a product that people really, really want to use and that they think is valuable. And then make it also so that they they like it so much that they're going to tell their friends about it or there's some other, you know, in our case, there's also this, you know, this award system which allows them to brag about it. And so they're telling their friends about it. And and if we could create it so that when when we added a new user, um, you know, effectively, they call it a viral coefficient. Is it higher than one? Mm -hmm. Are you getting more, for every user that comes in, are you getting another user or more? And and in our case, the answer is, uh, yeah, we've now got that. Um, and that's how we've grown and, and, you know, put in perspective. So we launched a little over seven months ago. Um, and since then we've generated, we're about to cross 50,000 members. Uh, we have 20 million, uh, votes in the system as of uh, yesterday. And the, um, you know, so so this, this growth has become, is almost completely viral. Early on, we did some Google ads just to kind of get the word out. But after that, it's just been it's been completely viral. People telling each other about it, and we we shut off the you know the Google ads uh, a long time ago, and so we've 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 sort of gotten that. Now, you know, obviously, when you're a small a small site and you don't have a lot of traffic, you can't monetize basically anyway. Um, but if you have a lot of traffic and you have a lot of people who are active u- using the site, then there are lots of opportunities uh, in order to be able to monetize. Uh, in fact, you know, next month in April, we'll be, we'll be uh, launching two monetization. Uh, we'll be launching version one. We're still in beta. We're launching two monetization strategies. Um, and we think, you know, based on that, you know, we could be, you know, nearing break even just, you know, in next month, uh, right out of the gate. And, and those two strategies are, uh, one, you know, obviously we're going to add, we're going to add advertising to the site. Um, we have a, a really fantastic audience. Um, we know kind of who they are and they are, uh, you know, about 30% professional and, and sort of the balance, uh, are really, you know, that either they want to be professional, about 40% say, you know, yeah, yeah, we want, I want, we'd like to be a professional photographer, but very advanced amateurs. And then we also just have advanced amateurs. Um, but it's, it's, it's all structured sort of the top high end advanced amateur and pro market. Uh, they tell us that they all have, you know, basically, they all basically have D- DSLRs and 60% of them are using a pro DSL, DSLR. Um, so we have got this, you know, really great, audience of photographers who are passionate about photography and and we think that there are photography companies that would love to be able to 
you know, advertise to that to yeah. them. Yeah. And we don't think that really will detract from the experience of the site as long as we really focus on providing them, you know, ads from companies that, that they respect. Um, so, so that's one thing that we're, we're definitely going to do. And we'll look and that's, for that's in April, April, you, you said the time frame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll look, we'll look to doing that in April, and then also uh, we're going to launch a premium account as well. So, so there will be, you know, you know, like there are, like many of the online photo sharing sites have, you know, we'll have a premium mem- membership that'll give some advanced features and functionality. Um, and we've surveyed our members, and we think we've got sort of the right mix there. Won't detract at all from the experience of your everyday member. Nothing will change there, but we're we're, we're adding more stuff. Um, for our our pro level account, uh, which we're pretty excited about. Very cool. So that's that's near term, yeah. long term. Lots of other ways that we can we can generate revenue, um, especially if we can begin to drive business um, uh, to our to our members. Interesting. That's, that's a teaser, right? <laughs> a bit of yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Obviously, obviously, that's our goal. We you know we we want to drive. From day one, our goal has been to drive business to our members, and you know that's what we want to do. And you know, photography is definitely an industry we're going to stay in and we're going to focus on until we feel like we've really got that done well. Um, but there are other industries that we're looking at that are visual um, that we'll, you know, look at getting into in, in pretty much the same format as we're using with photography. Wonderful. So you're building a platform, not just a, a photography site. That'd, that'd be the goal, yeah. Very cool. All right, so let's let's wrap it up. Um, uh, just one other question: What's next for Pixoto? And, and I'll wrap that in a in a two part question. What's next for Pixoto? And then, secondly, what where when can I expect an iOS or Android type interface into the site? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, so, so what's next? Uh, the, uh, so it's, it's launching our pro account. It's launching our, uh, you know, starting to get advertisers involved yep. in the site. Yep, and yep. then, you know, uh, we'll be looking at a w- other, you know, other ways that um, photographers can mo- monetize their images. So, you know, stock photography is an area that we'd really like to focus on and image licensing. Um, and you know, it's the number one most requested feature. Actually, if you kind of look at our, our, we have, uh, we use, uh, get satisfaction and like, people can put in ideas and that's the, the, by far the, the one that people want the most. Mm-hmm. So we think that's a great way to go. Um, and you know, and I think continue to make the contest itself more exciting. So we want to do special contests, you know, more themed contests, that sort of thing. Um, that's all relatively near term. In terms of uh, iOS, um, we definitely want to do that. And it's, it's really just a matter of, of you know, finding the time and the money, because that, that is going to be something that, you know, is going to cost us some money to put together. And, and um, we have a very, very small staff. Yeah. There are four, four time people working on Pixoto. Um, and I think we've been able to accomplish a lot uh, with that, but we have to be really, really choosy about each project that we, we embark on. Um, but certainly of the, you know, the adding apps to platforms, iOS is definitely uh, where we want to be. I mean, it, you know, iPhone has the best camera um, and, you know, obviously huge user base. Um, 
not quite as big as Android, but I think you know, as far as photographers go, uh, you got to be on iOS because the camera is just so much better than anything else out there. Right, right. Well, cool. Well, Jason, thanks for, for taking the time to uh, to let me pick your brain about this stuff. It's a beautiful site. Again, congratulations. And, uh, Thank you very much. Thank yeah. you. I mean, so you're, of course, the, site, the site's at pixoto.com. Um, is there any other place that you'd like people to go to to either follow you or find out more about the stuff you're working on? Uh, I think everything you need is on uh, is on Pixota. If you look at about, you'll see our you know our, our personal bios, Twitter, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would encourage everybody to check out pixoto.com. Very cool. All right, thanks, Jason. Thank you very much. Okay, that was Jason Kiefer. He is the co-founder and CEO of Pixoto, and we'll put links to all of his presences in different uh, places on the web in the show notes for this episode. Okay, guys, it's time for some listener Q&A. We didn't get many questions in this week, so I'm going to pick one that I got in my personal account from a listener. Um, And listeners, if you want to send us questions, you can do so on our Facebook page, our Twitter account, or, you know, of course, in the Google Plus page, even in the comments on this episode on Google Plus, if you want to, you know, interact with us. But one of the questions I got in was, and this is a question I get a lot, which I thought would be good for the show and for this forum is, and you guys get this all the time, which camera should I buy? Hey, Frederick, I am in the, I am in the market for a camera. I don't know which one to buy. And my response back was to this question was, well, what are you planning on doing? You know, are you, you trying to get shots of your kids first steps? Are you going to Madagascar to take pictures of, you know, the wildlife over there? So the response was general, you know, they just want a a general all purpose camera that they can do and be ready to get decent shots or good shots of anything. So Sarah, you know, from your perspective, I know you're at the high end and, you, you know, you're you're on the Canon side shooting the 5D Mark Threes and Mark Twos and that sort of thing. But if somebody wanted to step back from that and just get an entry-level camera, what, where would you direct them or what, to what model? Oh, goodness. I mean, I get this question so many times, mm-hmm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always, you know, we always start out with like, okay, well, what do you want to shoot? <laughs> yeah. Like. Yep. Tell me a little about yourself. Let's get to know each it's other. It's kind of like saying, um, hey, I'm hungry. What should I eat? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, no. I think it's kind of like saying, like, I really want to date someone. Who should I date? And yeah, you're just like, exactly. okay, tell me a little about yourself. What do you enjoy? What uh, Do you like long walks on the beach or do you want to play tennis? I mean, so I, I think it comes down to that a little, a little bit and having to – I think the thing that helps so much is like, I want to be just like you. What do you shoot? That's typically what photographers will start to do. And and that is kind of almost a little bit better way to go. So when people come to me, they want to be wedding photographers and they want to know what to shoot. So mm-hmm. typically what I tell them is to start out with like a Canon Rebel or something similar um, and, and really – build some really great lenses and and kind of start in that area. I also recommend to some photographers to go with something that's maybe used but still a great camera like a um like a 5D, not mm-hmm. a 5D Mark II, a 5D, but nowadays it's probably going to be a 5D Mark II since the 5D Mark III came out, but yeah, yeah. um the 5D is a great camera. It's older, but it always 
you know, took great shots. Mm -hmm. um, you can pick up one used for really cheap, and it's a full-frame sensor. So it's a great learning camera. I think it's a great place to start for some people. And then I really start to talk to them about lenses because most people start out with really crappy zoom lenses. And when I give recommendations to people in my life who, who I, they're going to want to shoot with me in the future and that sort of thing, I tell them to start with some really good primes. And, and I find when they start on primes, they get more of a feel of what they're, of what they're going for. And they learn in a way that I, that I'm looking for my team to learn. So we're looking for like 20, 24. <laughs> I'm going to mute him for himself. Dan, Dan is um, killing me here. <laughs> I know he's hilarious. He's, he's like, wait, I'm going to pull out something and show it to you. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell them some good primes to start out with, and then we'll go from there. And just depending on what it is that they're looking to shoot, but a 50 maybe, um, 85, and something a little wider like a 28. They have a good 28.18, great lens. So yeah. that would be my suggestion. And then, um, and but that's for wedding photographers, and and definitely other wedding photographers would tell you to get a sixteen to thirty-five, a twenty-four to seventy, and a seventy to two hundred, and call it a day. Wow. So, well, <laughs> depends yeah. who you're talking to. Yeah, yeah, and it depends on what your budget is, right? Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So Joseph, alone. <laughs> Joseph, what about you? You know, the same question. Entry level photographer should you know should they jump into a DSLR like Sarah's saying, or should they get a get a you know, a, a, uh, something smaller. Like I know you carry around one of those little swanky, uh, micro four thirds cameras with you, right? Oh no. And that's, I've, uh, see, I got rid of the micro four thirds. It's the, uh, it's APS-C. It's the little X 100. Okay. Pull this thing out. Oh, I love this camera. This thing is so cool. Remember we're gotta audio. Got to show that guy off. <laughs> I'm getting it out. Well, you know, for those who are, those who are watching now, X 100, beautiful little camera. It is beautiful. Um, yeah. no, if, most people that are asking me aren't people who are trying to get into a business like being a wedding photographer or something. I get more because I work with education a lot. So I get a lot of teachers who are asking. And it, the reasons, their reasons for wanting a camera are always all over the map. And so, like Sarah's saying, there is absolutely no easy answer. Um, but usually what makes the, makes the question or makes the answer easier is finding out how much money they want to spend. Yeah. Oh, I want, to I, want, I want to shoot like you do. I want to have this camera and three lenses and all this. What's your budget? 450 bucks exactly right <laughs> okay so yeah. um you know have you tried your iphone yeah right there's have you tried uh sketching right <laughs> <laughs> um you know photography is not a cheap hobby and if they're if they're going to spend the you know, grand or more then then obviously you can start talking about real dslrs and things like the rebels are a fantastic way to get started but like like sarah's suggesting you know those kit lenses that come with them are usually pretty awful and i think that the problem is a lot of people will just buy a camera and one lens because they want to have the one lens. And if the only reason they want it is because they want to get a little bit better pictures than what they get off their point and shoot, fine, go for it. You know, that camera, a Rebel with a kit lens is fine. You're, you know, you're going to be happy enough with that. But if it's because you actually want to get into photography, then I'm 100% with Sarah on this one. Get a prime lens. Yep. Do not get the kit lens. Get a Rebel body and a 51.8 and enjoy it, learn through restriction learn how to zoom with your feet is what i always tell people you Love can't it. you can't just uh, rotate the camera lens and and get something different you got to actually get off your butt and move yeah and that is that restriction having that restriction will do so much for your photography so if people actually want to get into it because they care about photography and want to become a good photographer 
get a get a fixed lens. Right. Whatever body get a fixed lens. Now is that lens. what you're doing? Is that what you're doing when you travel cuz you're you're the you're travel underscore junkie on Twitter, right? Which means you're bouncing all over the world all all the time. Are you what do you put on your camera? Like you're walking around the streets of China. What's on your camera? Well, if I'm just doing street photography just for fun, not for a client, then now what I'm carrying is the X100. Before that, I had the uh, Lumix GF2, a little Panasonic. A small camera like that is great because it's not this big, huge, in-your-face thing, and I can be much more discreet about it, and um, I know I'm less likely to get shooed away from places by people who don't want a big professional camera in their face. Yeah, yeah. But before that, or even if I just if I was going to carry, if I do want to carry a DSLR for whatever reason... Um, it's pretty rare that I put a zoom on there anymore. My favorite lens is the 50, and I'll, I'll put the 50 on there and just be perfectly happy with that. If I am going to carry multiple lenses, then maybe the next one to go in the bag would be the seven, the 24 to 70, because you know that that is a really nice zoom lens. Mm-hmm. And you want to be able to get landscapes and vistas and that kind of thing, right? Right. If I right, if I'm going to be going for that route, then sure. Um, but that's also a very high quality zoom lens. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, the, just shooting with a fixed 50, a fixed lens. It makes me very happy. I really, really like that. I agree and it with was that. Yep. several years ago that I did my first trip that wasn't a professional trip. I wasn't out shooting. It was a vacation. But I took my DSLR and a lens, and I decided I was going to take one lens. I took a 50 just to just to do it, just to see what it was like. And it was a really interesting kind of re-education for myself on restricting myself and seeing what I could do and what I couldn't do and being able to say, okay, so I don't have a 300 mil. I'm not going to get that shot. Oh, well. Yeah. I'm not here. I'm not being paid to be here right now. I'm on vacation. I'll live without that picture. Sure, uh, sure. I'm focusing more on enjoying myself and getting some really good pictures with the gear that I have. Except the limitations, right? Yep. Yeah, except the limitations. So to the original question of a recommending gear, what I do recommend to people is, as far as their budget goes, is to look at spending two-thirds of their money on lens, on a lens, unless you've got a ton of money, and then you can you know, obviously buy more. Let, let's assume they the have body. no money. Let's assume they have very little money. And money or money, is, have very little money, money is an object. You know? Money is, yeah, assuming you're you know, on a budget, let's say $1,000, you can get either a you know, reasonably modern um, DSLR body and then buy a good lens to go with it. So spending two-thirds of your budget on the lens and a third on the body um, – and, and you know that's gonna that's gonna give you a pretty decent body, even if you have to buy used. It'll give you a decent enough body. But people tend to forget that you know these bodies are basically disposable. Yeah. Um, the yeah. camera body is gonna be obsolete in a couple of years, or at least you're gonna feel like it's obsolete. But the lenses don't really change. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know, what, that's what Derek, for today. That's what Derek's story was saying. I, you know, I did a uh, an interview or a show with him uh, a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about the pricing changes on the 5D Mark III. And one of his recommendations were, you know, if you don't really need it, just save that money and buy more glass, you know, because yeah. glass is not going out of style and you're going to, you know, cameras, camera bodies will come and go, but, you know, the glass will always be there. Right. And if you put your money into good glass, it will be there for virtually forever. Yeah. Yep. Now, Dan, what about you? So you're a Nikon shooter over there. And Joseph, I think you need to unmute him. Let's see. Dan, are you there? Oh, you figured out how to mute him? I did. Oh, did I mute him for everybody? Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, he's still muted. Okay, hold on. Hold on, Dan. Dan, you might See, need I... to unmute yourself or something because you, uh, you were building a log cabin over there and making a lot of noise, so Joseph had to mute you. That's funny. I didn't realize he did it for everybody, and now I've I got a problem because I don't see any unmute button for him. Uh-oh. So you basically kicked Dan off the show, Joseph. I'm gonna. I might kick him off again. Yeah, look kick at the off. very. Look at the very top of your screen. There's like a pop-up window. Yeah. 
Is it up I can there? See it right here. There you are. Oh, hey, he's back. Can you hear me? You're yeah, you're okay. here, but you're, now your video is gone. See you. I didn't do anything. <laughs> How about your, now? Your video is missing, but we'll we'll proceed. Go My ahead. Green Nance. light is on. How about now? Okay, you'll probably come back. Yeah. All right. Well, regardless, did you hear the question, Dan? Like, what what's your uh, what is your recommendation for a starter camera? Dan. <laughs> We lost him completely. We lost did, Dan. We'll wait for Dan to come back. Um, how did that happen? I mean, I, I don't know. Oh well. I don't know. Regardless, <laughs> it's okay. All right. Well, while we're waiting on Dan to come back, he can answer that question once we figure out his technical difficulty. It's, I want to jump into the pick of the week, though, right now. So, Sarah, uh, I'm going to throw it to you. The, first of all, this is the pick of the week segment where you guys, our guests, get to pick anything on the internet as long as or not on the internet as long as it is somehow related to photography sarah france what is your pick of the week um my pick this week is shoot la it's an event in la um and it looks really cool i'm i actually don't have a wedding that that day so i'm gonna head up and and check it out um it is all day and it's at smashbox studios it's on saturday the 28th of, of this month and it's from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. and they just have a bunch of free workshops and um, and it looks like a really neat event. They did something similar in New York um, during Photo Plus and it's the guys from Braun, um, Braun Color, if I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, Braun mm -hmm. Color. Yep. There's a couple other sponsors, um, Digital Photo Pro, Hasselblad, um, and a, and a couple others. So it definitely looks like a neat event, and, and it's free. So uh, it there's no reason not to go check it out. So when is that? I, I when really when is it? About it? It's actually the 28th. It's Saturday, um, the 28th of this month, April 28th. Hmm. Hmm. Um, cool. And it's at Smashbox Studios in L.A. So, um, yeah, it looks it looks really cool. And, uh, I mean – Free education. I'm I'm down. I'm down with it. They actually <laughs> know, right? they asked me to possibly do like a workshop thing for it, but I didn't. We, I was in the middle of too many other things to make it happen. But I was like, I want to go to this. I don't want to teach at it. I want to go attend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely <laughs> so check that out. Really That's nice. at shoot shoot-la.com. All right, cool. cool. All right, Joseph, what is your pick of the week? All right, well, I'm going to be a little piggy here and take two because the first one is totally self-promotional. Um, I last year I shot a a training video, a photography training video. It's a photo 101 with Video to Brain, who uh, I know you you know those guys quite well. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, it's a live action, you know, basic photo 101 video training that is now available. So that's been uh, been available for just a couple weeks now. So if you go to photojoseph.com slash photo 101, you'll be able to read all about it and watch a bunch of free videos about it. And then if, uh, if you like what you see, you can get the whole class. So I'm really excited about that. It's, a, I think, a little bit over two-hour long basics of photography course. So it's a pretty cool thing. Pretty uh -huh. happy about that. Uh -huh. And the other one is a iOS app. You know, a lot of people love geotagging, right? Um, Putting the, getting the GPS coordinates for your photos embedded into your or for your location embedded into your picture. So when you're looking at them in iPhoto or Aperture or now in Lightroom, you can actually see where those photos were taken. Of course, most cameras don't have that built in, and um, at least the Canons especially don't have an easy or inexpensive way to add it to it. I know Nikon's a bit better about that. You can add a device onto it, but uh, 
but it's not cheap on the Canon world, and it certainly isn't um, isn't free. But what is almost free is this little software for your iPhone. If you're an iPhone user, called GeoTagger. It's, so it's hmm. G-E-O, and then Tagger is T-A-G-R. And what this is, a lot of different apps out there for your iPhone that'll track your logs. So you just kind of turn it on, and it starts tracking your logs. But what's really cool about GeoTagger is Let's say that uh, you know I'm shooting with my Nikon or my Canon or whatever camera, and I've got my log running. I get back home, I copy the pictures onto the computer, I share a folder onto my computer, launch the app on my iPhone, it finds the shared folder, and over my Wi-Fi connection, it takes all the GPS data and embeds it in the file. It's like, here's the folder, go. And I watch it on my phone going, found 350 pictures, 350 match, 350 have now been tagged. That's, Done. That's cool. It is so cool. It is just a, an amazingly clever way of, of geotagging your photos. That's and the cool. software is super cheap. If you've got an iPhone, that's all you need. Okay, so b- before we move on from that, um, and on geotagging, I know that was one of the features that was added into um, Lightroom 4, being able to do that sort of thing and, and place your photos on a map. Um, I have... You know, Joseph, you're, I think you're, you're an edge case, right? Because you're traveling all the time. You're doing all this stuff. I wonder what the average user and if the average user is using geotagging for their images. I mean, does it, does it make sense for, like, the photo walker or just the average Joe that's out there? I think for most people, if you're going to go for the full-on geotagging, seeing exactly where every photo is taken, it's, for most people, it's just a neat thing to see. It's not really required. Obviously, there's plenty of plenty of professional cases where it's it's critical or extremely extremely useful. Um, but even if you're not going to go to that granular level of having every photo tag exactly where it is, using the map services, the places services in iPhoto or Aperture, what is it called in uh, in Lightroom for? Do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. No, whatever the the places equivalent in Lightroom that that's now in there. Even if you don't get really granular, just having all the photos that were taken in, you know, your, on your trip to Paris, just taking all those photos and dropping them onto the map at once into Paris, it's really, really cool to step back from your whole library and see a map of the world to see where all your pictures were taken. Now, for one, it, it's just neat. It's really neat. Or it'll so be depressing to... because every shot, you'll have, like, one pin on, like, Minot, North Dakota, you know? <laughs> I never go anywhere, and all my shots are well, in my okay, backyard. You know, <laughs> there could be that, but but I think as you as you do it over time, it becomes really interesting because let's just say that you do go to North Dakota on a regular basis. You go there every year for your family holiday. Um, after a couple of years of this, I want to look at all the pictures that were taken every time I ever went to North Dakota. I can zoom in on North Dakota and see every picture ever taken there. I don't have to go through my library and say, okay, well, I was there last summer, summer before that. I skipped the one before that and, and do it that way. It's just all there in one place. Um, so anybody who travels even just a little bit, and if you go to, go to the same places multiple times, I think that that accumulative information can be really, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. What's the name of that app again? Geotagger, G-E-O-T-A-G-R. Perfect. All right. And Dan, did we get you back? Are Am you... I on? Can you hear me? You're on. All right. Dan, Hallelujah. We have video uh, and audio. Don't touch anything. <laughs> no, I, I hadn't touched anything. Everything shut down, and then it came back up. All right. All right well, first of all, down. you got to answer the first question. The first question yeah, before right. we lost you was on the the, the entry level camera, and you're yeah. on the Nikon side, right? So I am. And I'm I anxious Canon. to hear what yours your thoughts are. I shot Canon my whole life from yeah. the film days all the way up, and just switched to Nikon a few years ago. And I think I emailed you the other day that I was actually thinking about a Mark III. Yep. But then I got to buy new glass and everything. Yep. This is the best camera right here. 
<laughs> what you is don't need a lens. <laughs> well, remember our audio, so you, you have to out? describe it. Can you see this? No, the audio people can't, so you have to describe it. <laughs> oh, the audio people. Okay. This is a Polaroid automatic 250 land camera. Nice. And it's just, no. It's an old camera. It's uh, my dad's old camera. I love that. But um, no, honestly, you know, when, when I. When I was in school and then when I'm teaching photography classes now, what I like to do is tape up the LCD panel, give them a little tiny memory card of 36 shots like I used to have on a roll of film and a prime lens exactly like that and say, shoot this bush, shoot this tree or shoot that person. Yeah. And then do it three times. And, you know, we had to do that in school and it forced you to see you take five shots of a building. You're like, well. That's it. No, there's more. Take 90 shots and see what you come up with. And just learn to see before you even worry about all this great gear that isn't going to make you a better photographer. Yeah. yeah. Um, once you get past that, I, I agree with the bodies and buy the better glass. Yeah, that's absolutely the way to go. Cool. But, you know, like um, Canon's got the 60DA, I think, that's coming out. Just announced. Great little camera. Um, around 1000 bucks. Um, and I honestly, I get people asking all the time at the studio. And I tell them, just go to, go to Costco, buy the kit, Nikon or Canon, it's Toyota Honda, and just learn to shoot. Just get Start, started, right? Yeah. Just get started and shoot all the time. Shoot everything, you know, and then come back, ask me. I even had one client come in with um, a D, what is, what is the Canon, um, you know, like the Nikon D700, what's that Canon one, 70? Probably 70, yep. yeah. Yeah, 70, a, 20, <laughs> a 70 to 200, 28. This is just, you know, a hobbyist. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I've learned from some other pros that even those clients of yours that ask how to shoot, you're not giving away any secrets, you know, because you can't really, they have to develop their own eye. Yeah. But that's that's what they have to develop, you know. And uh, those are the people that eventually will um, still come back to you as clients too. But, yeah, just, just get shooting and buy something within your price range and that feels good to you and then work your way up from there. Very cool. All right, then, but, then the next thing is what's your pick of the week? Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I'm, I'm breaking the rules here because it's internet-based, but um, it, it's kind of related to photographers. Songfreedom.com. And what you can do, because you always need music and there's licensing issues, you can actually, I think it's like $29 a month for the base one. Um, and name brand, popular music. Not, you know, some there's some things you'd want to use that might not be there, but um, they've got a lot of mainstream artists and you can legally use the music for your slideshows and your photo videos mm-hmm. and Hmm. Um, it's, it's actually really pretty neat. And there's another company starting up green something. And I can't remember the name of it. Um, doing the exact same kind of thing where you can actually buy a license, a one-time use or, you know, play it on your website. And, um, it's, it's something nice cause it's, it's nice to be legal. We don't want people stealing our pictures, so right, we shouldn't right. be stealing their music. That's a, that's a good and, resource. Yeah. You know, so yeah. songfreedom.com. Right. I, I'll jump in and give my Hurrah on that one too. I use Song Freedom and we actually license the music that we use for slideshows and stuff now there through them. Go. And it's, it's real. I, I like to say it's real music. Like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's songs that my clients to... have heard. It's like love songs. It's like, it's stuff I would have picked for my slideshows in the past. It's like Jason Mraz and nice. like some, some amazing real artists that are some Michael Jackson on there too. Jackson 5. Licensing, yeah. Oh, yeah. They just got Michael Jackson, I think, yeah, right now. Colby Kelly's on there. Yeah, it's it's awesome. So we license a few songs and reuse them kind of continually. But um, the only site I've really found that, that has that kind of music on it. And the only problem is, just as a side note to let you know, um, YouTube and Vimeo mm-hmm. still see it yeah. and think it's 
licensed music, which it is, but Ooh. I have a license for it. So I'm still... Um, so they may flag your account as a... They may give you a copyright ding on your account if they... Even though you're legal, you're using it legally? Exactly. Well, uh. not necessarily a copyright ding, but they say you can't... Like, I don't want to put ads on there anyways, but right. they say you can't make make any money off of the video itself. While they're serving an ad next to your, your video. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 exactly. While they're making money off it, it's totally yeah. fine for them to do it, but not for me. Yeah. Um, but I think they do give you a copyright release that you can send to them. So it's just a few more steps. And hopefully as these sites become more popular, the um, YouTube and Vimeo and stuff will start to pick up. Um, hey, you know, do you have a license? Is it through this? Like maybe they'll get some connectivity going on. But um, it is super cool. Song Freedom has been has been great for us too. Very cool. All right. All right. And then then quickly, my my pick of the week um, is actually going to be two. I was going to quick pick uh, pick Soto, but uh, Sarah put a note in the show notes saying, <laughs> saying, oh, isn't that nice of you? Snark, snark. Um, so I'm going to pick both pick Soto and 500 picks because I think they they look similar and they serve very different purposes, you know, and if you've listened this far into the show, you're, you're very familiar with what Pixoto is already. So I would encourage you to head over there and put some stuff up there, but then also check out 500 picks because it's a very different place for you to, to host your images with two di- very different purposes. So, and they're both beautiful. So definitely check them out. Hey, Frederick, I don't know if you noticed, but there have been people watching our podcast and oh. they've been making comments. I and know. I don't... Uh-oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, the site that you were talking about was Green Button Music. Somebody That's already it. told us what thank it was. You. Adam Silver. <laughs> thank you, Adam Silver. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Adam. And then um, somebody else gave us a site that we could check out for taking our photos to multiple locations. I haven't checked it out yet, but it's called Pixel Pipe dot com so um that's interesting i'll be checking that out right after the show for sure um so yeah that is crazy I, I see that so excited to see people were here that is the beauty of real time this week in photo using google plus on air it's awesome i know that is cool i didn't realize questions you can just ask it live now yeah it's our first time out guys we'll do it we'll do it we'll get better with this yeah totally i want to you know to the listeners and to the people that are watching this this is our first time recording this so i'm I'm like doing multiple things at once and we were, you know, we had some startup issues and Google changed the UI on us today. So (laughs) all kinds of stuff happening. So we will, this will get more and more polished as we go forward. And like I was saying at the beginning of the show, this is designed to give you a glimpse into us recording an audio show, not a video show with a, you know, a nice to have audio recording. It's the, it's the reverse. So, you know, thanks to everybody who came in and, uh, and watched us do this and, and got a chance to see Dan rustling around before he found his, I apologize for that. Before, I'll be better next before he month. found his Ritalin mm-hmm. pill and all. <laughs> so, I distracted responses. Yeah, distra- Dan, we were watching the video of you down there. You were like doing the hokey pokey or something over there. <laughs> my cord, my cord got totally wrapped around the chair, and I was. That's what you kept pulling. So I think it's like a cat chasing his tail. We should edit. We should edit some Benny Hill music in there for that. <laughs> <laughs> Speed it up a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> no, it was good. I think it was a good show. So thanks, thanks guys for coming on. I, think, I really appreciate you uh, putting up with this, the craziness of episode 250, the first in the Google Plus Hangout series. Um, so with that, uh, that brings this episode to a close. Sarah, you're, I'll give you the honors of going first. Where can people find you online? 
Um, you can find me at sarahfrance.com. It's S-A-R-A, -A, no H, and France, just like the country. Um, I'm also on Facebook, of course, as Sarah France Photography. You can find my page there. So connect. I'd love to, love to see you reach out. Awesome. And we finally connected a face to the voice. Look at that. Perfect. All right, Dan, before we lose you, yep. what is, where, can, <laughs> where can people okay. find you? Uh, multiple places. Um, the training video site is 3dgarage.com. Um, mostly 3D. We got some Photoshop and new stuff coming this year. And then the photography site is ablingallery.com, which is A-B-L-A-N, not Alden, but Ablin. Harder to say, I think, five letters. Um, but make it easy, about.me slash Dan Ablin. Uh, same on Facebook, just Facebook slash Dan Ablin. Very cool. And we'll link to we'll link to all that stuff in the show notes for this. Yeah, episode. just go to the About Me. has got everything there. Yep. Cool. And Joseph Lenaski, where are you at on the internets? On the internet, photojoseph.com <laughs> <laughs> photo for all things photo, including my new training, and apertureexpert.com for all things aperture. Very cool. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. And remember, you can keep up with everything in the TWIP universe. Just check out This Week in Photo.com. Also, remember to please support the show by leaving us a comment on iTunes and also here on Google+. And speaking of iTunes, be sure to check out our TWIP podcast app. It's a handy way to keep up with our shows as soon as they are released. And finally, if you're looking for me, Frederick Van Johnson, you can find me at my new site, Mediabytes.com. It's the marketing school for photography. And with that, it is time to take that lens cap off. This Week in Photo is a PixelCore.tv production produced by Suzanne Llewellyn with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. 